Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2016 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me, finally again, is James. Thanks, James, for finally showing up. You're welcome. Jerk. Hey, I'm going to miss next week. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> yeah, I am. I found out on Friday I got to go to that dumb com- uh I get it. Sorry, somebody from work might be really. I got to go to that fantastic conference we do every six months. I didn't, I wasn't scheduled to go this year. Mm-hmm. Or this this uh, time, but then somebody dropped out at the last minute, and they were like, "Hey, James, you're good in a pinch." And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> oh, so I yes. have to go to Palm Springs, Florida, and spend uh, no California, and spend like four days out there. No, it's all right. It's beautiful. Yeah, it could be. It could be a it whole could be lot Florida. worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. No disrespect to Florida. No, no they have no. Disney World there. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's warm. If you want to go to a warm place. Um, Isn't Palm Springs, Florida, though, too, where all the rich people live? I have no clue. I don't know anything about the world. Everything I know about the world, I learned from film. Nice. Speaking of which, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw The Walk. Yeah. Er, except I went and saw Hotel Transylvania 2 instead. <laughs> did you really? I did. Oh, you're. F- oh, this will be fun. Okay, <laughs> good. All right, cool. I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you a funny story. So... I'm going through school right now. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's not like super hard. I, don't, I shouldn't say that in case someone listens. It's difficult. Right. Um, but I'm just dealing with like shit constantly because of what I do now. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want a heavy movie. And I, I literally was sitting here and I came home and after I was at school for 12 hours and, um, I was looking at us and, the only showing of the walk was an IMAX 3D, which I probably should have saw. Yeah, but I didn't want to spend twenty dollars on a movie, and um, I didn't feel that connected to it when I saw the trailers for the walk. Totally. But I've heard great. I don't know. I was really conflicted. I heard great things about it, but I was just sitting there and I said, I think I'm going to go see Hotel Transylvania too. It's funny. I'm kind of really happy right now because mm-hmm. there was a part of me, and this does not reflect on my opinions of the film, but there was a point in the film where I. I suddenly was like, because it was sort of my choice this week, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I picked the movie because it was like it was either The Walk or Pan or Sleeping with Other People, and Sleeping with Other People has been out for like a month and a half, and uh, Pan the trailer like I went and rewatched it and it just looked like so much plasticky CGI yeah. stuff. So I was like, you know, I really like Man on Wire. I'm really curious about The Walk, so let's go see it. But there was a point about like 20 minutes into the film where I just thought like. Oh no. <laughs> Ryan's going to give me no end of shit cuz he's going to hate this movie. So uh I still think you should see it at some point. Um just cuz I want to know your opinion. Sure. Um but and, uh we'll we'll save our real reviews for the for the end of the And show. who knows, maybe when I have a free movie ticket I'll go see it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, I just didn't You know you're sitting there and you're just like I don't know if I want to see this movie and right. you have an obligation to the podcast to see it. What, did you ever see Man on Wire? No. See that you should definitely check that out. And it's that's one of those true ones for I always I always mean to watch. I think it's been yeah. on my queue and Netflix for like a year. Oh, I'm sure. 
Um, it, you know, whether this movie aside, that documentary should be seen. Um, because even if you're, even if you like this version of it, um, like seeing a real documentary where you're, you're listening to, to the actual people tell the story and, and it's just, it's really well done. One of the best documentaries I've ever seen. So cool. Yeah. And so I, so I was sitting there and I said, you know, what? I'm just going to go see Hotel Transylvania too. Cool. Because I just felt like I wanted to watch something lighthearted. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, well, that's fun. So stay tuned for that. And we also talk about movies we've been watch- watching throughout the week, um, comic books, things that are coming out, box office predictions. And yeah, we're a movie podcast, movie news. Yeah. All, all the cool stuff. Cool things out of San, uh, I mean, San Diego, New York Comic Con this week. Oh, yeah. Which is starting to get uh, pretty big because, you know, that's where all the uh, publishers are. I've, well, no, DC moved out to California. Yeah. Um, I, but, feel, I feel like I'm only half paying attention because, honestly, I'm only playing Uncharted right now. Uh, yeah. I'm oh. not paying attention to anything. <laughs> I was so excited when I I got it Friday and I didn't have a chance to play it Friday. Yeah. And so this morning uh, I woke up and I printed off notes for my midterm and and it was just like sitting there. I was like, right now fuck it <laughs> fuck studying and i played it and when that dun, 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 yeah dun, and like this coin started spinning i'm like oh my god i'm so excited right now yeah and it, it's amazing it's really great i miss that game i just i just threw it into crushing right away and i'm like trudging my way through i mean trudging is hard i, I i'm pretty good at that i played a lot of uncharted back in back and in it, my day i have it on hard i have to get back into the yeah like oh yeah you know uh, but it's still great, and I still one of my favorite moments at the in the beginning of the game uh, is after Drake comes out of the World War II submarine. Yeah, and the guys uh, introducing us. I know who you are, asshole. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Oh man, I uh, just I just got to. Uh, I'm a little bit further than where they introduce uh, Eddie Raja. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then Elena pulls the wall out, right? Nice. And then you go on the truck chase. Oh man, I miss those characters so much. Yeah, where am I? I am. Oh, uh, I just saw Elena uh, filming people through the oh, window, and, yeah. and Drake tries to talk to that dude, and um, I don't know what language he's speaking, but yeah, and and he's like, "Ha it worked!" And then a bunch of them come in. He's like, "Shit!" <laughs> so uh, I think it's chapter five, maybe. Yeah, you're right around chapter five. Yeah. I I know that because so I. I was going to try to get out of work earlier so that I could go home, play a little Uncharted before the movie last night, uh, which didn't happen. And then we went to the movie, and then on my way home, uh, I stopped by my parents' house for a while. So I didn't get home until like 11.30. James, could you do me a favor? Are you editing this episode? Yes. Can we play the theme to Uncharted for a few seconds? Oh, yeah. Because I want people to understand how epic this because oh, yeah. I don't I'll, think I did it justice. I'll lay a bunch of shit underneath here. It'll be great. All right. um, so, <laughs> uh, I mean, that sucks because every moment that I spend editing this show is a moment that I'm not playing Uncharted. But still. I did um, I did like the touch of I listened to a film explosion 95 when you added it's not reality after I said it's not reality. <laughs> I like that touch. That was Sam Neill's. Uh, this yeah. is not reality. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> um, and so uh, I got home at like 11.30 and was just like, I have to play some of this. I was up till 2. Nice. It was horrible. Nice. I, w- I, I basically played it until I couldn't hardly hold the controller anymore. I was also super excited, too, because Super Meat Boy finally came out for PlayStation. Yeah. And it's a free game this month. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded the game. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Have you never played it before? No. Because oh, it's, it's... it's been Xbox exclusive. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, I had the uh, I had the PC version um, way back in, back in college. Um, the one Has unfortunate it been out that long? Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, yeah. The one unfortunate thing about it is that they had to change the score because for some reason the, the soundtrack is like tied to Xbox. Oh. Um, and it's not quite as good. 
Because the original, you should go listen to the original. Like, I think this thing is pretty fun. Like, it is. I've been finding warp zones, and then, yeah. uh, what's the the commander? Is that his name? Where he's like the rainbow flying guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. His um, levels are pretty fun. Oh man, I forgot what his name is. Uh, but yeah. uh, then you go to the levels that are based off of like Game Boy graphics, and it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty cute. That game is great. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It is also just rough. And I didn't. I didn't understand what Dr. Fetus was at the beginning, and then I realized it was uh, a baby. Yeah, he's a fetus in a, in a suit. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I thought it was a pig at first. I'm like, why is his no. name Dr. Fetus? No, his name is, I mean, yeah, Dr. Fetus. Yep. That, that game has no shame. Uh, so, yeah, I've been playing a lot of video games lately. Between Mario Maker, Uncharted, yeah. and now Super Meat Boy, I've been playing a lot. I, I, I don't really like doing that, playing video games, yeah. but I'm just having so much fun right now, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. I've seen enough stuff that uh, it's not like the show will be lack. Oh, of, I, I of still content. watch. The thing is, is I because school just drains me. Yeah, that it's hard to unwind unless I'm playing video games. Right, it, it helps me un unwind. But I still watch movies, of course, and still do nerdy things all the time. I just had a lot of stuff to catch up on, so I've been at the film a lot, at the theater a lot. You did because last like, your your birthday week. <laughs> uh, you, they. I mean, the movie that was made for you came out on your birthday, so I guess that counts for something. Well, was it was it made for me? Maybe, uh, maybe we gotta uh, wait and get a, to. You're, uh... you're full of shit. <laughs> um, so this week, Favorite? fuck, I gotta. Oh, also, uh, October twenty seventh. I just said fuck because I have it sitting in my queue. Um, the new album from the Stubby Shillelaghs, Critical Fail, will be available for everybody to download. I have been listening to it, and I forgot to post. Uh, I've written an outline of a review, and I meant to put it up yesterday. Um, it'll be up tomorrow. Cool. Cool, cool. So that'll be October 11th. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House in Denver. Today we're here to talk about a very, very serious choice that you all will face this summer. Yeah. Chances are that if you're in a movie theater, you may experience your phone starting to buzz. And chances are you may be tempted to take it out and to see what that person is saying. But surely it's a text that won't be able to wait until the end of the movie. Don't do it. Answering a text is a very serious choice. And when you do that, when you look down at that, you need to ask yourself, am I being a Do you want your kicked out? Because we will kick your out. We will kick it out. Don't text and watch films. It ruins lives. And I'm going to ruin your life, Kevin. Cool. So next week, we have Carrie. I'm guessing the original. Yeah, it is. Uh, Baruto, Naruto, the movie. Naruto. What, whatever. I Some anime. <laughs> um <laughs> The the beer dinner is Rosemary's Baby with Avery Brewing. I will not go see. Yeah, no, I'm out. Uh, I st- I fucking hate Roman Polanski. I know, me too. Uh, the uh, f- food and film is the abominable, abominable doctor, abominable doctor Phoebe's with Victoria Price. I have no idea what that is. Uh, Video Vortex is Soul of the Demon. That sounds awesome. <laughs> there also is the mutilator. Remember when I was talking about how I want to get yeah! that movie? Yes, that's right. The Hitcher with Robert Harmon, which is a pretty cool little thriller. Tough Guy Cinema is the thing. Was was the Hitcher the Hitcher's? It got remade like yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, but this you is the original. But you should see the original with Rutger okay. Howard. It's okay. pretty good. I want to make sure I wasn't confusing that with like uh, the Hatchet or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Death Line and Dead and Buried with Gary Sherman in 35mm. Cool. Cemetery Man, which is kind of a fun movie. That sounds awesome. Yeah, Cemetery it's, Man. Uh, it's cool. Uh, and Girly Night is my wife's, one of my wife's favorite film is Hocus Pocus. That movie's great. Ah, great. I don't know what, yes. I don't know why it's Girly Night. That movie was awesome when you I was a You know what? Kid. Whatever day it is, you can take my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's really excited. <laughs> so that's uh, what's playing at the Alamo. Um, I will look that up for my wife. So I've probably seen Hocus Pocus a dozen times. Really? Uh-huh. My wife but, I mean, they were all puts it on every, Hallow- uh, every Halloween. My it's wife. a fun movie. Is they it? sing that song. There's a black candle that can only be lit by the fingers of a virgin. Remember, it has the horse in it, too. What horse? Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> oh, well done, you, sir. You walked right into I that. I did. I walked right into that. Oh, that was really good. So I, I, I was literally, I was like, what? was there like a nightmare in there? Like, what? what you know what they didn't mention is Deathgasm is also playing. I think that was, uh, it's there right now. Yeah. Maybe oh, maybe that before. was last week. Yeah, I do remember yeah. reading that last week. Yeah, I was gonna. I really wanted to see the Final Girls because it's a take of '80s slasher film where mm-hmm. it's the girl. But it's really PG thirteen. I hate when they do that. Oh, yeah that that seems like they would be very limited in their ability to make a film about the the girls in slasher films. Yeah, considering that Lame. they are usually like naked and die in horrible ways. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. It is Sunday at 2 and 5 is... Tomorrow? Is, no, next week. Oh, okay. I am in Palm Springs. All right. So, so. you have to actually entertain your wife. No, Sorry. I'll make one of her friends take her. Oh, man. I call it the, Clary, the Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> uh, when Kelly Clarkson came to town a few years ago, I bought my wife two tickets, and I gave them to her, and she says, oh, we're going to go see. I said, no, you're going to take one of your friends. <laughs> Oh, that's horrible! But I bought the tickets. That was no, nice. I, no, I no. It's actually, it's actually good. Wouldn't you rather go is, with somebody who cares? Yes, <laughs> yes. I cares about Kelly Clarkson, not cares about her. Yeah, I love her. That's why I got it for her. You're yes, Kelly Clarkson <laughs> or your wife? My wife. Oh, okay. Kelly Clarkson is really fat now. Whoa, 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 man! Uh, if you're wondering, uh, Zach Eastman was supposed to be on this episode. Oh, he's still coming. Uh, so he'll be here later. Yeah, he'll and, just walk in. He'll and we, uh, they're filming a special thing. Yeah. They announced it online, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, okay. yes. Uh, when we did Film Explosion 1995, we made this joke about a DJ called Raveheart. Well, you accidentally called it Raveheart. Yes. Is where it started. <laughs> and because we did that, they decided that they're going to make it a reality. So yeah. they're filming Raveheart right now. I hope that his next short is, is Ghost Bear. Yes. Because I love his poster for Ghost Bear. That would be funny. Brad's really good at things. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, when we had the, the cry wolf one, he just took a bunch of stock footage of wolves. <laughs> so oh, that so would good. be pretty funny if we, uh, he did it and just did a bunch of stock footage of bears. <sighs> yes. <laughs> He'll figure something out. Well, but like, they'd have to be, they have to be ghost bears. You have to go well, get stock footage of ghost bears. Well, Brad can, you yeah, know, he'll, he'll he can them, do a He'll make them ghosts. Yeah. Anyways. Um, let's do DVDs and Blu-rays. You've got the HD TV, but you're not watching movies in HD unless you're watching on Blu-ray High Def. A lot has changed. You're right. Blu-ray High Def gives you freaking awesome picture. Sound that will blow the roof off your living room. The future is blue. 
horrible voice I just had. It was. It was really I was really high. Let's do the Indians and Blu-rays. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good week. There's some stuff. Uh, I don't know why. These are all out of order, so this will be fun. Uh, dope. I did want to see Dope. Me too. Uh, I, heard I like really the font things. on it. That looks cool. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would go. So I've heard good things. Uh, Henry said it was good. Yes, he did, and I've seen it on a lot of like people's, you know, best movies of the year so far list. So it's definitely one I got to check out before the end of the Ooh, year. Manos, the hands of fate. Manos, the hands of fate is getting a Blu-ray release this week. So if you've never seen it, uh, which I haven't actually, I haven't it's, either. It's one of those, uh, you know, it's it's the movie everybody says is actually worse than Plan Nine. Um, that I haven't ever checked out. Okay. Ooh, sorry, excuse Ooh, me. I love Bates Motel. Season I only wa- I only watch it on Blu-ray though, so I have no idea what happens until it comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah, I I don't I never watched season two, so I gotta go back it's and good. check it out. Yeah, look how awesome and and just horrible that cover is. That's I think great. And look I think eyes. Vera Farmiga is so beautiful. Yeah, she's great. Oh my goodness. And remember her in Up in the Air? Oh, she's so good in Up in the Air. She is. She's great. Ah oh, man, that's good. Hey, uh, you Ooh. know, yeah. I know. So Justified is getting a like complete series, and a cool book, collector's edition thing, in an awesome book, and it comes with a flask that says Justified on it. Is, I, do, I you already, have, do you have a way to justify that purchase? No. Does it have any? One hundred and twenty bucks. It's pretty sweet, though. It is. I got a whole bunch of like uh, Tradesmart dollars recently. Maybe I could. Then you could trade in your Justified I could trade in my Blu-rays. Good, yeah, I could trade in my could, Blu-rays. Oh, you get that. That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. How about the 20th anniversary of Mosquito? A movie I've never heard of. <laughs> this is pretty cool. I like this cover. Oh, shit. Okay, here we and go. And it's on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, millions of years of evolution have just become man's kind, mankind's worst nightmare. That's oh, Mosquito. shit. Look at the size of that mosquito. Oh, look. Okay, so... Oh, he's sucking blood from the tent. From a tent, and there's a glow inside the tent, and we can see a naked lady dancing Ooh, yeah. inside. Is that, oh, uh, my goodness. Synapse Films, they make uh, really good Blu-rays. Oh, do they? Yeah. There's a lot of people doing that now. They made uh, Thou Shall Not Kill, Except, oh, and, yeah? which is Sam Raimi playing a cult leader, and Bruce Campbell's... Oh, it, Bruce Campbell's in just for a little bit, but it's called Intruder, and it's a pretty cool little slasher film. All right, here we go. Everybody ready? Science fiction becomes horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you caught me by surprise. Science fiction becomes horrifyingly real for a park full of innocent campers as a hideous horde of mutilated mosquitoes mutilated viciously a- mutated? mutated mosquitoes <laughs> viciously attack without warning. A band of survivors <laughs> flees the bloodthirsty swarm in a death-defying attempt to warn the world of the mosquito menace. Led by a brave young couple and a resourceful government agent, the group realizes <laughs> their only hope is to take on the bloodthirsty bugs in an explosive final showdown. There you go. Uh, make sure when you say, uh, James, you're an, an English major. Right. Um, when there's an exclamation point at the end of warning, I expect it to be a little more punchy. Attack without warning! <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, that oh, is man. awesome! How about we get to some actually good horror films? That uh, cover is badass. Is that the original theatrical poster? Because that just makes me happy. I think it must be, or at least it's one of them. And I'm that's sure the 1922. 
22? Uh, because the 41 was remade. I think Claude Rains was... We should tell people we're talking about uh, yeah, Lon, Lon Chaney's The Phantom of the Opera. That's a sweet blue Digitally color. restored, two-disc edition. I think it's a book... Uh, I think it's a book edition. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Based on the way it's... Uh, yeah. It is a silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. The, you know, that's actually worth like checking out. Yeah, the I mean, maybe the... so is Mosquito. Yeah. Uh, also great films. Uh, Witness, one of the top oh, ten yeah. best films of 1985. You can see Kelly McGillis's boobs in it. <laughs> Uh, that's a really great movie if you've oh, never seen it awesome and movie. the fact that it's never been on Blu-ray is a crime so I will probably have to go pick that up uh, the complete collection of Mad Men is also coming out this week so Very Ryan cool. can be really bored yeah I bet they're going to drink and about to do something then do nothing uh, it, it actually does to come with two glasses. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a nice looking case uh, there's also a pretty awesome collector's edition of Die Hard uh, which is like it's it's the tower, uh, uh, Nakatomi Plaza, uh, from the first film. So it's a big statue. I'm pretty thing. sure that's the twentieth time Die Hard's been released in a collection, oh, if if not more. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, now we're getting into the real meat of next week because all of these things came out uh, or, or got disorganized in my in my Chrome here. Uh, Aladdin, the Diamond Edition, comes out. I'm excited for that. I cannot believe yeah. it's taken that long for this movie to come out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Sleeping Beauty's come out twice on Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff on here. Like, uh, like there's some behind-the-scenes footage of uh, Robin Williams doing voices that are were never in the movie. And um, yeah, it and looks it's, like it's awesome. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. The oh, absolutely. Uh, this morning or a couple mornings ago, they were on Good Morning America. Uh, the gentleman who plays Aladdin and the lady who plays Jasmine, mm-hmm. and they had Alan Menken playing piano, and they did a whole new world. It was pretty awesome. Oh, that's cool. Man, uh, you've yeah. also got Tomorrowland. <laughs> uh, so anybody who didn't get a chance disappointed. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, genu- genuinely, probably the most disappointing film of this year. It, it had so many chances to be cool, and it has so much cool stuff in it. It does. And the actors are all great, and everybody involved is so good. But here's the and thing: it just is falls on its when face. I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, that came out this year. Oh yeah, totally forgettable. Totally forgettable. Uh, which is too bad. Close, Remember how cool quite. like the robot girl is, and like mm-hmm. she kind of falls in love with him. Yep, and it's like a heartbreaking story. Yep, oh, almost. A, what an awesome movie! When it's eight dollars, I'll get it. Unfortunately, I was more entertained by San Andreas, which it's is getting yeah, a Blu-ray dude. release. This the Rock week. rips a door off a car. It's pretty good, man. Yeah, he's like flies. A, he's like, I'm gonna dodge this helicopter around these rocks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it's also like genuinely one of the best world destruction movies i've seen oh yeah no it's definitely you know, a good movie like in the in that in that really shitty tier of like roland emmerich films yeah. i mean you know uh i wouldn't necessarily hold it up against like armageddon no 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 no. but, but it's but still that like the core 2012 yeah. those movies um it's maybe the best of those yeah, i mean at least this he's dodging buildings collapsing not the cold well and he doesn't save everyone yeah he only he only cares about like a couple people you know uh a lot He's of people super just hot die. daughter Yes, right. Yes. And she swims around and like almost drowns. Yep. And then that, that British oh, dude, dude is Come like, on. I'm going to fall in love with you. That scene but where she's he... like a badass. Yeah. Like she, he never, he saves her once and then she saves him the rest of the movie. But that scene where he's talking about how he couldn't save his daughter who drowned. Oh, dude, it's amazing. No, that was cheesy as shit. No, it's awesome. But... <laughs> uh, anyway, 
Um, oh, and then I guess it's a, as a, as a footnote, the, the last season of Mad Men is out this week too. So if you've already got them, you can get that. Uh, The Land Before Time, the, the right. original Land Before Time is getting a Blu-ray release this week. Uh, yep, 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 yep. I loved that movie as a kid. <laughs> Me too. Um, uh, yeah. That, Ducky. I'm almost afraid to watch it now because I'm afraid it's not as good as I remember. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. You think? Yeah. All right. Get a copy, show it to Kellen. See, tell yeah, me. Yeah. Well, uh, um, but, uh, maybe one day when, um, never drinking ever and i'm drunk and on amazon and i buy it yeah maybe that'll when are you ever drunk i have never what drunk. world that's what did saying. you just posit like i that's yeah. what i'm saying I'd, okay that's right. why i'll probably well maybe one day yeah you'll, I li- pick, you'll I like, pick it up at, I, I like dinosaurs more. yeah no it's a good movie it's a fun movie mm. um anyway that is the blu-rays this week cool uh since you're there we'll go ahead and do box office predictions Cool. We have our own intro for it. I know. Show me the money! Bridge of Spies. Yeah, that'll uh, do great. Goosebumps. That won't. And uh, Crimson Peak. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, so you guys should go see Bridge of Spies. Oh, yeah, you saw this. Since weekend, I won't be here. Um, I think... Oh, man. Is Bridge of Spies strong enough to yes. be number one? Uh, yes. Over over a... Um, I mean, it, it basically have to beat out the martian which will be in its third week at that point yeah um, I, I think so I, i'm gonna say bridge of spies is gonna do 42 million yeah i think that's i think that's fair. um and then i think the second is actually gonna be goosebumps with 30 36 36 yeah. and then i'll say crimson ah, crimson peaks a tough sell even though it looks amazing i know nobody's gonna go see that movie because the horror fans are gonna look at it and go that looks cheesy as shit and then all the people like the only people going are the people who are Guillermo del Toro fans. So I'm going to say that right? one's going to make 15 million. I think that's good. And so I'm going to say then The Martian and um, Pan's already bombing, so that won't factor. Oh, yeah. No, that movie looks um, like dog shit. Yeah. I- I've been reading a lot of good reviews for Goosebumps. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I know. I want it to be good. I want Jack Black back. Yeah. I miss Jack Black. Where is my school, uh, school of Rock 2? The college years. Yeah, yes! <laughs> yes! Where is that? I mean, those kids are all way out of college now, so you'd have to go so. get... Isn't that uh, Miranda Cosgrove? She's like the lead... She was... I think she's only like 19, 20. Yeah, but to, I mean, to do it right, you wanted to wait like... You needed to make that movie two or three years after the first mm, one. Yeah. You know, go get those real those same kids and like... This year, they gotta fight the communists in a rock and roll battle of the century. Dude, it's like Mighty Ducks Ducks 2, but, you know. Hi, buddy. Oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Are you coming over here to be a pest? You are. Come here. Come here. Um, So, yeah, I'm just going to agree with all of your numbers. Yeah, because I just don't know. (laughs) I think they're pretty good. (laughs) I mean, do you think Bridge of Spies can do 40? Yeah, yeah. I absolutely think that Bridge of Spies can do 40. You don't think Um, it's too adult and it's not going to, you know, people aren't going to rush out and see it? Because it almost seems like one of those movies that maybe 
will do like 25 million and then be in the top five for like a month and a half. I, no, I think, I think it'll break 40. Um, I think that with, with, with the, the people you have in that movie, how, how cool I think that movie looks. Mm-hmm. My, people like my parents are going to go see that movie all day long. Kellen, Kellen, are you going to go see Bridge of Spies? Hmm? What do you think? How, how do you feel about communism? I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, Kellen said everyone go see Bridge of Spies, so. Is that a movie you want to see, Laura? Yeah, she doesn't know. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right, maybe it won't do as well. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, how well did Lincoln do? Uh, look it up. You're on Box. Of course, that was, just type I mean, it in. that was Lincoln. This is this movie is not Lincoln. And Lincoln, it was, what, almost three hours long? Yeah, and it was also, like, right at Christmas. I don't know. Yeah, um, what was it? Yeah, what, what's its opening weekend? Getting there, getting there. Oh, it doesn't count because it's... <laughs> Is oh, limited. Because it was Christmas. What's its oh, wide? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wide was twenty one. Twenty one. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Then it's not going to do forty million dollars. <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, know. I think the way that it's sold, but it's going to be interesting. It I'm is. Sure. I have no idea next week. Next week's going to be tough. Yeah. Whatever. But I'm, I think I'm going to see three movies next week. So or I'm going to try. Are you going to see Goosebumps? I'm going to try to. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll see though. I have so much classwork to do i don't know yeah, if i'll I'm be sure. able to yeah uh, but we'll see um so yeah so those will be our incorrect predictions <laughs> these are the movies we watched this week sweet oh we got movie side this is my boomstick i love being a turtle you're getting your wishes so now And you will know my name is the law when I lay my fingers upon thee. Now you're getting nasty. Um, I didn't watch too much. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead ended. And. Has it been good? It's been alright. The problem is, is what they try to do, which is cool, is they try to take their time with it. But what happens when it's only six episodes is you're trying to develop these characters and there's some inconsistent character plot threads. Okay. And then you get to the last episode and they basically say, oh, fuck, we got to make this really cool. Yeah. And uh, there's some weird editing choices. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a serviceable show. Uh, I mean, it's not horrible, but. Is it? My problem with The Walking Dead right now is that, actually, I just don't, I don't, I just don't think I'm as invested in those characters as I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's too much zombies or what, but do you feel like in six episodes, Agent Carter was able to make me really care about a cool new mm-hmm. world and on and these new characters and all that? Does it even scratch the surface? No. Of that? Okay, all right. Uh, the only character who's really interesting. Uh, is the father, I forget his name, uh, but he was a, he's the barber at the beginning and he tries to get answers from somebody. And so it's these really cool, tense, like torture scenes. Cool. And he's the most interesting character and he's not in it enough because they try to, Kim Dickinson plays, uh, Dickens plays Madison. And then I forget the guy who plays Travis Cliff something. 
and they're the main characters and they're just not interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, huh. I just, I don't know. It's, there's some good moments. It's just, I, I, I'm one, I love the walking dead where it's at right now. Cause I love the character of Rick. Right. And, um, but there's no Rick, you know, there's no guy you like root for in right. fear of the walking dead. Okay. So, yeah. It's whatever. Uh, I watched, uh, all cheerleaders die. Cause I was, uh, lucky McGee wrote, and directed a movie called May, which is this kind of updated take on Frankenstein, which is really um, cool. Yeah. Um, Ultralius Must Die, that's like, that's like 10 years old or something, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's, I think, last year. Oh, okay. But I don't think it came out I'm thinking this of, year. There's a movie back when I was working at Blockbuster that had a very similar title. Yeah, in it, it's these cheerleaders are bitches, and this one girl tries to infiltrate them to prove how much of uh, bitches they are and how oh, much... It's, oh, it's Mean Girls. Sure. And uh, <laughs> it's not that good, though. It's... You know, I was hoping that it'd be... Because the trailer sells it as the cheerleaders die and they come back as zombies and they, you know, like, eat the people that are mean to them. Awesome. Which they kind of do, but it takes an hour for it to get there. Less awesome. And then the acting isn't that good. Bad. And... Then it has to do with like these gems that are attached to them. Confusing. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not well done. And, Shoot. and it's funny too, cause at the end, they have this jump and it's very, uh, uh, very boldly states that All Cheerleaders 2 is coming out. Uh, but I'm guessing it's not. Oh, you mean it's Machete? Yes. Gotcha. Uh, but it's just not good. And it, like I said, that's, the yeah. basic premise and the cheerleaders yeah. come back and it's just not good. It, it machete kills it's or yeah, it's it machete kills its ending. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing that, and it's, you know, a similar, similarly, similar to machete. It is a one joke that can't carry a fucking movie. Right. And where machete is really cool for like 10 minutes and you're like, this sucks. Right. You know, well, Machete's pretty, is okay. The first Machete's fine. Yeah. It's, it's Machete okay. Kills where it's just like, oh, you stopped caring. Yep. So, you know, that's when, oh, we're going to make Machete in space. Meh. That's going to wear no, thin really fast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that movie was okay. Uh, this, this afternoon I rewatched Not Another Teen movie. Cool. And I still love that movie for stupid lines. Uh, like, so in it, they're basically making fun of She's All That and, yeah. Some John Hughes teen movies. But basically it's She's All That because She's All That is a piece of shit and everyone's like, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> uh, in it, it's Chris Evans' first movie and he plays Jake Weiler, who's, uh, the, not even the star quarterback. He's four string because he threw a football to the handicapped kid who's like a 90 pound weakling and he got tackled in half. So like they, one guy hit him high and one guy hit him low and ripped him in half. <laughs> so he's fourth string. And there's just like a bunch of funny jokes in it. When you're first introduced to Chris Evans, he's standing in front of his picture and it's, uh, Jake Weiler, class president, football captain. And he's, his look on his face is exactly the same one in his picture. <laughs> and then he walks down the hall and it's a picture of him looking at his picture. And below <laughs> it, there's a plaque that says Jake Weiler looking at a his picture of himself. It's just stupid things like that. And so the premise is he's trying to get, turn this, ugly girl in quotations right. into like the class prom queen or something. True. And the only reason she's ugly is because she wears glasses and has paint stained overalls. Right. And it's, 
it's totally she's all that and it's really funny and there's a part where he comes up to her and he says hey Janie I wanted to ask you out and she says why you haven't talked to me in four years and he says actually it's been six years that one time when you thought I talked to you I was actually talking to the person in front of you <laughs> <laughs> and it's just totally stupid lines like that that yeah make no sense or he he goes down to see her and she's painting and she's just painting stick figures and he says wow you're a really good painter he says I know I want to go to this college in Paris but it's twenty six thousand dollars. If only so there's some way to get the money. And uh, his character says, "Oh, you're in luck. My parents hold uh, give a scholarship for twenty six thousand dollars to an art student who wants to go study in Paris. But they gave it to Lupe. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> stupid. It makes no sense at all. And it's it's totally fucking zany. Yeah. And uh, it's it's one of those movies that the front door's locked. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Uh, quick intermission, ladies and gentlemen, as one Zach Eastman is making an appearance. Mr. Projectionist, stop the show. Here's great news you ought to know. We've just got a shipment of taste-thrilled treats, all tip-top quality and delicious eats. There are hot dogs and popcorn and candy galore. There's soft drinks and coffee and a whole lot more. So direct your steps to our refreshment stand to enjoy the finest snacks in all the land. Cool. So the reason those singing condiments came on real fast is we are joined again by the one, the only Mr. Zach Eastman. Zach, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Ryan. Good, good man. Doing really good. Well, thanks for coming back yeah, on the show. Thanks for coming back, man. I haven't seen you since you filled in for me since I had my kid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was. It's been a. It's been what close to a year now. Over a year. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the judge came out. That was when you returned. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I got to review my favorite film of last year on the one of the particular episodes. Yeah. Oh, the judge. <laughs> it should the be judge no the walrus movie oh yes <laughs> the walrus movie. i forgot about the walrus movie <laughs> you're not you're not the only one as did the academy <laughs> <laughs> the oscar goes to for best makeup best michael parks performance everything. nice uh but you also um made a short film called earbuds mm-hmm. in the meantime and which i watched this week I watched it this week too. <laughs> See, that's how it, that's how we're still in the segment. And it got second place at open screen night. Second place at open screen night and many counts of people going, "What the fuck, man?" Nice. <laughs> well, what beat that? I, um a film piece about of shit film. a film a film about mental health, so it's not a piece of shit film. It was a very <laughs> important film that needed to it was discussing a very real issue. Um, I'm glad that we even got second place because it was a film that was weird from the get-go. So yeah. I knew it was either going to make people laugh or make people cringe. And uh, thankfully, it made people laugh. Like, people were getting in on the joke. Yeah. Um, and the one of the... I've gotten two great reviews for the film. One is, Zach Eastman doesn't make funny movies. <laughs> that was <laughs> mine, you. right? Yeah, from yep. you. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, three. Because the second one was, Zach's made enough Schindler's List, he needs to make a 1941. Yeah, James. <laughs> <laughs> and the third one that I got was a guy, one of the judges said, I'm just so happy you took that joke and spread it out as far as it could go. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good one. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was fun. We had Anthony Kuba, who was our AD on Boy's Stairs, was the lead in the film. We had Risa Scott, 
Um, and then I have Matty O'Connor and I did the podcast element together for it. Yeah. Which that part was both great and at times slightly insulting because I was like, wait a second, are they making fun of us? Because I feel like we've had those conversations. <laughs> Maybe. Like, there, there were genuinely things where I was like, I've said that on the internet before. <laughs> He's been listening We're to me. Talking about how they didn't make a movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate Scorsese. I yeah, hate him all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raging Bull's overrated. <laughs> but you know what isn't overrated? Um, yeah, I don't know. Some <laughs> shit movie. I like nice mud. Try. You know what? Hey. Can we talk hey. about mud? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Mud. Be kind. Uh, who told me mud was a piece of shit like, recently? Uh, no one ever. I think Henry did. I think he said it was a piece of shit. No, really? no, he didn't. I think he did. Henry, you're not invited back. Was I bet Henry? Henry. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he is really nice. He's, yes, he's uh, he's a wonderful person. Um, also apparently misguided. <laughs> it might not have been him, but I'm pretty sure he's the only guest I remember saying it. Uh, I think so, but I could be wrong. I hope I'm not misquoting him. Uh, but anyways, good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, thank, you, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you, James. Good to be it's back. so good to be Welcome back. back to Colorado for the time being. For the Yeah, for now. <laughs> but, yeah, right. but seriously, next time make a happy movie. <laughs> the next movie is called Boogie Nights, The Life and Times of Johnny and Jason Tide. Sweet. <laughs> and it is a documentary slash mockumentary about boogie boarding featuring a boogie boarder named Okinawa Steve. Is it okay. really? Yeah. Okay. The script is being written right now. Okay, thank you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> because between Twombly... Uh, uh, the boy who stares in this one. Um, I'll be hanging by the neck in my fucking closet. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like this is your happiest film. Two people died in it. Like, <laughs> two people pretty spoilers. <laughs> well, I, I didn't hey, say man. who. It's, it's there's like three characters in it. There's there's. It's not about who dies. It's about what happens after that person dies. And then of course, <laughs> then of course, Eastman had to have his Hitchcock moment. Yeah, <laughs> which was really good. But I, but I was more hammy than Hitchcock. I was like a combination of Bruce Campbell and Hitchcock. I love so it. I just like hammed it. Up. I love it. Keep up the good it work, really Zach. Good. Thank we appreciate really it. Yeah, thank and thanks for sharing that with us. I feel so privileged when I get stuff before everybody else. I'm like, ha, 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 yeah. I've seen this. <laughs> um, and congratulations. Oh, thank yeah, you very and, much. And welcome back. So I was talking about another, not another teen movie. Have you ever seen not another teen movie? I love not another teen I movie. I love how stupid it is and how great Chris Evans is in it. He's he, That was the first time I saw him in a movie. Yeah, it was his first movie. That was his first yeah. film? Yeah. That was like, that, I remember seeing that in like sleepovers in high school. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just so zany. And I was just telling James... That there's some lines in it that are just insanely funny and so delivered so dryly that you wouldn't think they're funny. Or when he's <laughs> they're making fun of Ten Things I Hate About You and she says, You need to sing a song about her. So he's singing Janie's Got a Gun. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's awesome. There's um there it's a it's a weird like it the movie for some reason you'd think it shouldn't work, but it ends up working so well. Yeah. Like by that comedy, like that spoof parody. Yeah, and I think it's tarnished by because they made, you know, disaster movie and epic movie after that. Oh yeah. I think it tarnished the, this one. The starving games. Yeah. And stuff like Not that. that I mean, it's, it's not like a great movie, but it's a fun movie. And yeah, it, it does a a pretty good job at being a funny, intelligent parody. Yeah. Whereas, like, not everything after that, you know, because the first two scary movies were like at least trying. Oh yeah, like, those are those are pretty decent. But once they started realizing if they made them PG thirteen, a bunch of eleven year olds would show up and yep. spend a lot of money. Like it just became such yeah. diminishing returns. And that's why you can't get lines like when Chris Evans is talking. His girlfriend was Jamie Pres Priestley, but she broke up with him for the dude from American Beauty. <laughs> and he has a trash bag that follows him that says, "This is beautiful." <laughs> and, uh, 
Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> but he's talking about her after he broke. He's like, look at her, her hair, her body, the way she looks at you when she's sucking your balls. <laughs> like, stuff like that just kills me. Oh, man. Oh, God. I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> it's probably been like since what, like film school or something. We've yeah, it's, it's pretty it. silly. Love it's it. pretty silly. Uh, and the last thing I watched this week is a movie I don't think anyone would expect me to uh, buy and really enjoy. It's a, movie, a film called Stoker. Oh. Which is uh, directed by I forget his name, but he did uh, Old Boy uh, Park Chan Wook. Yeah, the Park Chan Wook. Yeah, the the Korean, correct? Yes. yes I yeah. So. so the the Korean version, not the Spike Lee abomination. Um, yeah. But th- this movie is pretty awesome. Uh, it's very quiet, wonderfully shot. Uh, is it scary? Not a traditional horror film. But it is a horror film. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's not, a, not a horror film, but horrific. Mm. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> um, let me. Uh, I'll tell you what it's well, about. Well, try. Anyway. I'm going to. <laughs> um, it's about uh, Mia Wazakowski. Mia Wazakowski. Uh, she plays uh, this young girl. Their last name is Stoker. Her father by is uh, Dermot Maloney. Whatever fuck his name yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, Maloney. Yeah, there we go. I got it. Um, and he dies suddenly. And her mother is Nicole Kidman. And she's kind of an outcast. And her uncle comes to visit him. And she starts to learn that maybe her uncle isn't all there. And that maybe she has the same kind of tendencies as her uncle. And you slowly learn through the course of the film that her uncle is probably crazy and she is as well. And there's parts where she's terrified of her uncle and there's other parts where she's in love with him. Uh, It's really bizarre. And uh, her uncle, when he moves in, seduces her mother. So, Nicole Kidman is like sleeping with her uncle, but then he also tries to seduce his niece. It's really, really bizarre. It, it is so wonderfully shot, though. It's a beautiful looking film. Okay. Um, that sounds like a Park Chan Wook movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does things with, uh, I forget the name of his cinematographer, but his cinematographer is brilliant. He'll do shots where she figures out who her uncle is. And I won't spoil it, but she figures out who her uncle is. And the cinematographer has the camera. Not over her shoulder, but slightly askew. So it gives you like this sense of dread when her uncle's coming up the stairs. It's it's just wonderful that, camera placement. That foreboding mm-hmm. is something exactly. But it makes it more unsettling because you can do the foreboding by just having the camera point down at him and him coming up. Mm-hmm. But it's offset just enough where it's just unique. And I, it's the film is beautiful and it takes unexpected turns. The ending is kind of predictable. But to get there, it's really well done. Huh. Uh, I would say, I would say it's a thriller slash gothic horror film, uh, if I had to describe it. Okay. Uh, Cause it, there is parts that it plays up the horror elements pretty, uh, there's some pretty gruesome deaths in it. Um, and if you've seen Old Boy, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's, ta- it's pretty tame compared to Old Boy. But, I was going to say. Um, I think we all. Well, I don't know. Everyone. I mean, it's, it's obviously still got some of the, as, as it, obviously yeah. it's a lot more predictable. It's not, yeah. like, it doesn't go well, crazy. It, yeah. You have to see it. It's a, it's a, it is a, it is a really good film. It really cool. is. 
and it's really quiet, kind of moves slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it moves slowly, it's only an hour and a half, I think. So it's slow moving, but it still goes by pretty fast. Yeah. Um, very quiet character beats. In fact, my favorite scene is, uh, her, I forget her character's name, but she's, she's playing the piano and she plays it very well. Debbie. Sure. Debbie. Debbie is playing the piano Debbie's very well. <laughs> and her uncle says, I don't know how to play the piano. And she's playing it. Then he comes and sits down next to her. This is pretty far into the movie. And he starts playing it really well. And so they start playing together. And it's like this really like erotic thing. She starts to have like an orgasm while she's playing it. It's, you have to see it. It's, it's creepy and unsettling. And that's why I mean, it's not a traditional horror, but when you had dealing with incest and yeah. a crazy uncle and the niece turned on by him playing piano with her. Yeah, that's horror to me. It's, so it's sort of it's a traditional Park Chan Wook review of this movie's beautiful. How do you feel about incest? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for people who like film, I say see it. <laughs> but for because we're all fucked but up. for parents like James's parents who like film, <laughs> I would not recommend seeing it. I would never recommend this to my mother. Um, right. Yeah. Um, but if you like that weird shit, then yeah, I, I would. <laughs> I would definitely see that film. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what did you watch this week? Well, I didn't watch Piano Orgasm. As you, <laughs> right. as you piano Orgasm. <laughs> piano Orgasm. Um, piano Gasm. The piano that gives <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> dun, dun, it's the next uh, film by Roman Polanski. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. That oh, would, that the piano didn't want Dude, it. if Roman Polanski made a film like that. The piano said oh. no. <laughs> Fucking Polanski. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I know. Yeah. Why there's, was, no, there's no defending. Why that. wasn't he home when Charles Manson came around? Oh, Whoa. too soon. Whoa. Too soon. No, not too soon, but just really. <laughs> At the same time, I'm just like thinking to myself, like, Oh my god, like that is genius. Like I wish I had thought of that. That was really good. Um uh, man, I, I really like Sharon Tate though. That yeah. made me that's made me oh. sad saying that joke. Yeah. yeah so so there's one half of it where you can feel bad. Like it's it's like yeah. any good comedian. You feel yeah. a little guilty, but uh no, Ooh. um I saw a bunch this week. Um I saw the Green Inferno. Nice. What you think? I loved that movie. <laughs> was uh I, I had a hard time explaining it. Because I didn't want to spoil like the silly parts in it. Uh-huh. I guess I should say I didn't want to spill the Eli Roth parts of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How can I, I describe s- it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I I I described it in the review because I've just started writing mini reviews. Um, ever since like I, I mean I still still do write stuff for you guys, but I didn't write a review for this one. But um, it was um, it's a snapshot of our generation. Where we look yeah. at our phones for so long that we don't look up and we get eaten as a result. Yeah. So I, when I was explaining, I don't know if you listened to the show, like the first half, I thought it was really bad acting mm. until I realized how genius it was that these people have their heads so far up their asses that they think what they're doing is important. Yep. I, that's where I, that's where I was getting the genius. Cause halfway through when you get to, and I'm not going to go into deep spoilers on this one, like I would the other two films mm-hmm. I'm going to discuss, but when you get into the Amazon and you're, um, you know, when they're going down the riverboat, by that point, it just kind of dawns on you how much they're, um, how much of that generation truly sucks. <laughs> like, it, yes. it, I mean, did, you, did it, you, I wanted to call the movie I Hate Millennials and I wanted to just love the shit out yeah. of that title. Did, <laughs> did it like click 
with you have because when i was watching the first 10 minutes i'm like holy shit what is wrong with the acting in this movie it did was, and then i finally got the tone about 10 minutes into the movie it was um it was it took the the roommate for me mm-hmm. the roommate character when she does the thing where she pulls out her necklace and goes hi i'm josh yeah i'm allowed to say that yeah like that's when i was like yeah, oh, it's this kind of movie. Okay. Yeah, that's. Like, I, 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 I think that's about ten minutes in the movie because oh, it's, it's one of these. They have the scene where they're they're in the they're a dorm room together. Then it's the protesters, mm-hmm. and then and then they get into this like it, it feels like what the, the what I love about the characterization of Alejandro is that he he purports himself to care so much, but yeah. you can see through the veneer, and I think he wants us to see through, through the veneer. You know what I've described it as? It's almost like Mel Brooks made a movie about cannibals in yeah. some way. Because there's a lot of on-the-nose stuff in the same way that Mel Brooks would do that. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, obviously it's not as clever as Mel Brooks, but, you know, he's... I, I appreciate the satire element, but, like, what I appreciated the most out of that film was, you know, like... I, I don't think Cannibal Holocaust is the end all be all of movies of, to be sure, but it is an interesting film and to watch him homage it. So point by point was interesting. Cause I'm just like, I cannot believe a major distributor put this out because <laughs> yeah. it, it just seems like it wouldn't sell. And as we're finding out, it's not really selling. Well, sadly, did you read about it though? Um, Bloom house, Jason Bloom bought it up, bought it up, but he only paid a million dollars for it. Oh, wow. So they, put it out and it costs 1.5 million to make so they're in the hole 2.5 and he only put it out in 1500 locations is is and it's not under bloomhouse productions it's uh bloomhouse tilt. tilt and he's just trying to see if it works and i think it's still going to make a profit because and they didn't even really promote it it's yeah. it's like hey if you want to see this cuz you're a hardcore horror fan it's interesting to see because that guy can really do no wrong yeah he understands horror better than any producer i know he's almost like a val luton of sorts val luton yeah. used to do those old horror films yep. with karloff and whatnot yep. it reminds me of that era yeah. where i'm just like well, we're, we're in that cool era where the stuff like sinister and oculus is getting made and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i i mean oculus you can go either way i still think it's a pretty good movie it's it's visually stunning and yeah. i and i like the horror elements in it green inferno though it reminded me two things one I, I, uh, we are all arrogant idiots. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, I, uh, really wish that I was old enough to be allowed to go into the theater during the 2000s horror movement where like stuff like Hout Tension and Hostel and Devil's Rejects was coming out. Cause it just seemed like fun. Like it just seemed like a fun time. And it just reminded uh. me of like horror has for, I don't know, for my personal taste, horrors become a little pussified. For yeah. major distributors. See, uh, I, I was old enough that time, Zach, because I'm an old fuck. <laughs> and, uh, and my, my take on it always is I, I'm not the biggest fan of Hostel. I don't like movies where they're just going to punish you. Um, where, you know, James asked me, is, would you consider Green Inferno a torture porn? And I wouldn't. No. Um, it's a cannibal movie. It's a cannibal movie. Uh, but, I mean, he brought up a good point. He says, well, that's kind of torture porn where they can see how they can gross you out true but and yeah but the, the the horror in the early 2000s i was not the biggest fan of okay and but you're also i mean i'm more of a classic horror guy mm-hmm. i mean and, but i do love horror and when a good horror film comes out like it follows then i fall in love with the film yeah. mm-hmm. um i still need to see it follows oh, by the way follow. i see, haven't yet no um i uh you, you'll, you'll love it i, I want to get the dvd or the blu-ray and just that's get the blu-ray get the yeah. blu-ray 
Um, my, and I, and I'm with you on the whole classical element and whatnot, which leads into the second film that I saw this week. Um, I decided to do a Scream Factory, um, thing with the Halloween collection I did, but I decided nice. to watch Halloween three, um, season of the witch. Mm-hmm. And I know we've had a couple talks about it, but. And it's the season, and I decided why not talk a little bit about at least one of these. Um, first of all, there's no Loomis, sadly. Sadly. Um, yeah, sadly, there's no Arg. <laughs> we know your favorite hero. Yeah, my favorite character. Um, but um, but it is Tom Atkins, and it is a creepy old fuck. Um, I'm a firm believer that that film would have been better if they had never called it Halloween 3, or at least different regard. There would have been like a little bit of different regard. <laughs> It had potential. Yeah. But the but problem, there are faults in yeah, that film. I think the biggest problem with it is the tone, where there's some things that are pretty terrifying in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the children dying because the masks are eating them is scary. Um, the uh, the ending with... Uh, Tom Atkins. Yeah, with Stonehenge and stuff is... It's it's that's where it loses. It's me. a little goofy. That's like that's yeah. that moment where I'm just kind of like, you didn't lose me, but you're getting there. Exactly. And I'm like, and I'm about to, but I do love that last line where he's like, stop it, stop it, yeah. stop it. Yeah, I love how it ends. I yeah, I'm yeah, I'm in the boat where I sometimes I can sit down and enjoy it, and then other times I watch it, I'm like, man, I cannot get into this film at all because it's just too goofy. And that Tom Atkins has like sex with that super hot young girl. It's really, well, that's, that's it's really weird to me. <laughs> it sounds like you guys are having like a shared delusion. Like there's like masks eating people and Stonehenge <laughs> and, the, and a hot girl. This doesn't, this doesn't make any sense it doesn't. at all. The film won't make sense. It won't make sense to anybody. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Read by John Carpenter. <laughs> and and um, on that. Like, I also watched the documentary on the making of that film, and mm-hmm. it was funny to watch everybody just going like, yeah, we kind of knew we were fucking up. Because <laughs> that's why I love Scream Factory, is they make the coolest documentaries because they get people to honestly talk about the films. Have you seen, you, you've seen the one on Halloween too, obviously, oh, yeah. right? Everybody's just like, I gotta be honest, I like Halloween 2 more than I like Halloween 1. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. And like, I... And then- like really, when Michael is just swinging in the air, that's not really that scary. Yeah, right. and though it doesn't have the one moment where um, there was a documentary footage of uh, Rick Rosenthal saying, "I directed that scene in a thong," and I'm just like, "That's the most random <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> revelation." But, uh, when people say that the sequel to one of the greatest horror films of all time is better, I'm like. Mm. I don't think you know what a good a film is then. Yeah, I <laughs> you think lose a lot of credibility to me. I think you like the process of movie making. I don't think you like watching films, do mm-hmm. you? That's 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 where I'm like that's that's the distinguish for me, but um then um I only watched two other things was one was to be or not to be on Criterion um cuz I'm writing a film about a comedian named Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. It's an old film from 1942. <laughs> yeah. You um, love Jack Benny. That's I, awesome. I do. And um he was in this film it's his best performance about um uh, Polish actors, um, uh, stopping the Nazis in, uh, war torn Poland, um, in World War II. And, um, it's Ernst Lubitsch, and he's this talented comedic director that, like, made Heaven Can Wait, and Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Hmm. This film, to me, is his crowning achievement because it is, like, and it was remade by Mel Brooks in the 80s with his wife, Anne Bancroft. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was one of the first World War II films in history to address homosexuality. But this old, the older version is just 
it works as a modern comedy. Like you could release it today and nobody would know the difference. And I watched it multiple times, but I wanted to give it to you guys because it's something that like. What year did it come out? I'm sorry. 1942. Huh. And you can get it on, you can get it on cheap DVD too. It doesn't have to just be Criterion. Like there is like, you can, go I don't, I, I don't buy DVDs do anymore. Or yeah. Then, then <laughs> wait, a, then go get the Criterion. I'm Blu-ray. Su- uh, such yeah. a snob. Like, <laughs> oh, I actually don't get DVDs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a Blu-ray player, but I still find myself flipping through DVDs for the, oh. um, old, old vault collection mm-hmm. stuff from Warner Brothers, like, uh, all the Humphrey Bogart stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause not all of it's on Blu-ray, sadly, but. True. Have um, you tried, have you gone to Warner Brothers archives? I have. As they, they don't, they don't put it on there either. Cause I know they make them and print them just for that. Dude, I don't know if they do Blu-ray. I only knew that they do DVD. They do. That's how I got uh, the picture of Dorian Gray. And you got it on Blu-ray? Yeah. It's called the Warner Brothers archives. If you go to Warner Brothers Studios Cause I saw, archives.com. Cause I saw they were offering the Horn Blows at Midnight, which is a movie that I would love to do a commentary with on mm-hmm. you guys. Cause it is ridiculous. And, um, uh, they, and a bunch of other Benny films, as well as films with other comedians like George Burns and Bob mm-hmm. Hope and stuff, mm. like just available for, but I didn't know they were doing the Blu-ray treatment. Yeah, I'll show, uh, when we're done the show, I'll show you my picture of Dorian Gray. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Just so you can see, like, cause it is, they, what they do is they, um, they upconvert, they take, uh, and they don't do it for all their films, but I know that you have to order them through their website. Sometimes they put them on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they basically, Make the movie HD, and then they poured over all the DVD stand, uh, special features. So uh, if you're if you're looking for a hard to find Warner Brothers, and I know Warner Brothers and Paramount is doing Paramount it. does it are the only people. I think it's under their Paramount Classics yeah. line. MGM can't do it anymore because they don't MGM have money. doesn't. <laughs> MGM doesn't. They have that bond money. Sorry to derail you. What you were saying though? <laughs> no, um, no, no. Um, they. Um, anyway, the film is. It's something that I think that you guys would enjoy. Like, I think if you guys cool. sat down with it, like on your own, like it's it's. I think I guarantee you, in the first ten minutes, you're gonna laugh your asses off nice. at somebody walking down the street pretending to be Hitler, and like the revelation of how did Hitler get into <laughs> Poland. And there's no other Nazis around him. It's just Hitler standing in a tr- in a square full of people looking at him, and he's just going like. <laughs> and then they go anyway. How did Hitler get to Poland? <laughs> and, they, and they go into this sing songy voice, and um, and it was one of the last um, it was the last movie that Carol Lombard was uh the, a star in before she uh became the first civilian casualty in World War II, hmm. um, and she died in a plane crash with Clark Gable's husband. Hmm. Or wife, sorry. <laughs> Clark Gable's husband. That's right. <laughs> um, then the last thing I saw was The Martian. Nice. Hey, the... I saw The Martian this week. Whoa, segue. I think we can just talk about it later then. Uh, or? or we, no, we can talk about it now. No, because I, uh, I screwed James because I saw that and Sicario last week. So yeah. we reviewed them on the show. So yeah. Okay. So All we right. can talk about The Martian. Now, I don't want to talk about any spoilers. If you want to, we can do a spoiler section sort of like post credits later. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can do it spoiler free. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that film is, that film is so damn charming. It's scary. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, Prometheus lost me. I don't know what the fuck Prometheus was for me. I well, couldn't I stand it. it. <laughs> and I know, I know you know what it was. Uh, we should talk. And uh, I know we should <laughs> over coffee. <laughs> um, and fight, but, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Andrew Bueno described, uh, Prometheus best, which it was as if though, uh, two stoners were sitting in a room and saying, Hey, could God make a pizza so hot that he himself couldn't eat it? 
No, <laughs> that's, that's not at all what that movie is. No, it was that's... a funny joke for it, but <laughs> sure. Um, no, the movie's great. But anyway, um, Ridley won me back for my own taste with The Martian because mm-hmm. I didn't, I haven't seen Exodus Gods and Kings and I was not a fan of The Counselor. You won't, you won't love either of those. Well, especially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you won't love Exodus Gods and Kings. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but this film was like Matt Damon's performance. Like, I don't know what happened to Matt Damon where he went outside of Interstellar, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know where he kind of went from movies for a little bit. It seemed like he kind of disappeared. Like for like a good mm. couple of years, maybe. Um, I just I think he just, just waits to get movies he wants to do. I yeah. think so. He's just bouncing because, around. But I, mean, I missed him. Yeah, no, he's really, a great actor. I oh, really he, missed him. He's a lot of fun in this movie. Oh uh, gosh, he was so fun. Like um, his stuff by the end of it, like near the last third of the film, is hilarious and yeah. it's so touching and it's so engaging. And I loved I loved every part of it, and it felt like a. Like, it, it felt like it didn't have to take itself too seriously because it's space, but we have to take this seriously because it's space. So yeah. they managed to balance oh, the-, the two without, without, without getting into a conflict about which movie it really wants to be. It's able to be both those things. Like, uh, what, it, what I love too is I don't think Ridley Scott's made a light film since a good year. Which that, is a horrible film. Exactly. It's I his worst agree. film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, um, oh yeah, cause that's after Magic Man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's that's what's interesting here is that I wasn't expecting it to be so playful. Uh I was sort of going in expecting Castaway. Um and it's not Castaway. It's 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 a fun movie with some awesome science and just like a it's it's really an adventure film. Um mm-hmm. and for that it's it's great. I I had a really great time. Oh, when he has um, to get the th- uh, thermal uh, device out of the ground. And he's talking to him, so he says, yeah, I'm doing the one thing they told us not to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as long um, as I don't break it. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's all kinds of, like, as a, as a NASA fan, like, there's, there's all kinds of shit in Are here. Are you saying that, this, this movie was made for you? Um, it, it is and it isn't. So here's what? the thing. Where this movie would have been made for me is if it had been cast away. Because the, the, I do have a problem with this movie. And unfortunately, it's kind of a problem with Matt Damon. Um, it's so playful that I don't ever feel the stakes. I'm never afraid for Matt Damon's character. I never like. But see, I thought he, that's he never, what was unique about the film. He never lets down the, the that veil. So I'm always he's always so confident, except for like one moment. Um, and so it just never quite. I don't know. It, it didn't make me. But it didn't make me cry. Shut up, James. You talked long enough. So I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> you but, had all week. But see, I think that's what makes the movie good and zach you disagree with me or not is you always expect movies like this to be oh now it's another hardship Ugh, i hate my life but that matt damon is the guy who's like you know what fuck this i'm gonna science the hell out of this place i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make it happy i'm gonna try to rise above everything that's happening to me i actually thought it was really refreshing because movies like that don't happen all the time i no. i absolutely agree why th- and what he described was and i get where you're coming from james on it in terms of i don't feel the stakes sometimes but I kind of didn't care because I was so in love with that character. And I, and I put it in my reviews that I felt so sad that I had to leave the theater because I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see more of this character. Like I was hoping that he would get lost somehow again. Agreed. And then I'd have to watch another five hours. Like that was how fun it was for me. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it is a really fun movie to watch. He is this cool, like MacGyver-esque character that can like pull this stuff together. Um, there's a moment where he digs something else out of Mars that I geeked out so hard. <laughs> I th- It was 
so freaking cool, and I thought it was such a neat idea for him to figure out how to find a different way to communicate, mm-hmm. right? Um, like that whole thing. Uh, oh, and, that connection was fun. Yes, yeah. Yes. Like when they pulled that out, like I was like, just I was a schoolboy. Like I was so excited. I liked how they revealed it with Chichwa Elephor and um, uh, I can't remember the girl uh, Mission Controls. Name. Oh, um, uh, shoot, the girl from Halt, Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, yeah. She uh, like they go into the kitchen and they're just looking at this picture of Mars and they're like sharpieing on it and they're just like, okay, I know where he's going. Yeah. <laughs> which which is a crazy thing, right? Because that what that scene is, like it was kind of maddening. That scene is he goes to the kitchen to get a map of Mars. They're at NASA headquarters to get a map of Mars so he can draw a straight line across it and go, I know where he's going. <laughs> but it was still good fun. <laughs> no, it's a well done scene. There was just this moment afterwards where I, I thought back on it and I was like, wait a second. Why does he why did he vandalize their art? Because he'd probably have to get clearance to get that picture. And oh, take there, more time. oh, there you go. Nicely done. All right, I like that. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. Got to break the um, rules, guys. Some yeah. got to break the rules. Um, um, and the uh, and that was the only, that's all I really saw. Um, I love the Martian. Though. I did too. It was yeah. so much fun. It's it definitely entered into my top ten of the fan. Oh wait, I'm not gonna too, talk too much about this, but watch Electric Boogaloo, um, the Canon documentary. Okay. If you is that a movie about? If you love '90s action, if you love '80s and '90s action, and you love stories about insane people, you're gonna love this movie. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, the, all I need to do to review the film is say, "Winner takes it all, loser takes the fall." Cannon's greatest year. <laughs> like it, Wait, so it's not a documentary about the making of Breaking Two? It is. And it, but it's also about the making of every other film Cannon made, from their oh, Hercules okay. movie to. I married a Shiksa too. Um, What's the last movie they made that bankrupted them? Uh, the The Forbidden Dance. That's right. The Forbidden Dance, which was co was released at the same time as Lombada, and they were and it was both of them had already split at this point. Golem and uh, Gollum. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to remember Golan and uh, Globus. They had split at that point. So Canon put out the Lomb- uh, the Forbidden Dance, but they had the rights to the song Lombada. And the movie Lombada was produced by the guy who had left. And they they conflicted with each other, so they ultimately can't right. just went under the tubes. But it is huh. like you know, like it's it, it was just perfect. Like you learn about the history of the movie Cyborg, which was interesting. You learn about the history of Death Wish Two and realize that Michael Winner is probably about as Roman Polanski as you get because he's such a creeper. Yeah. Um and uh but yeah just check that documentary out it's on itunes easily one in my top 10 films of the year cool Cool. very cool um yeah so i saw i saw the martian which i liked uh i also got a chance i'll we'll just get this out of the way so today i went and saw sicario as well no 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 no. okay i'll save that for later uh Uh, sicario um so there was a point early on well, no, I'll just say this. Near like the end of the third, the first act, there's this scene where um, her partner is there, and he goes over to these people and is like, "What the hell is going on?" And it was the most cathartic scene in the moment in the movie at that point because I was I was in the same place where I was like, "The movie's so quiet and it so refuses to tell you what it's about that it's agonizing for a while. Like it's kind of annoying even." Um, like very different from prisoners where prisoners tells you like this is what we're doing and then it sets up the tension i i actually now that i've seen the whole film 
I think the movie would be more tense knowing where it's going and what it's going to try to do. Really, I, it's so funny. We have totally different views on that. Is where I actually think it's pretty cool because they put you in uh, Emily Blunt's character shoes where you're like, you don't even know what the fuck you're doing. You're just going from place to place and you're put in these situations and they're telling you to do stuff and you're questioning. You're like, why the fuck is she doing this? Why? And then as I'm watching, like, oh, you are put in her shoes because she doesn't know what she's doing. Oh, no, I don't disagree with you. I think it's a cool thing that the movie does. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's also agonizing. It is. Um, it's one of those things. Because it's like... See, I love the film, but when when you're watching it, you keep on watching it and through the whole point, you're like, did I miss something? Yeah. Am I... Am I but it's so well done because, and they even set it up because, uh, when she's in the, the headquarters and her and her partner are sitting out there and they're in that glass room and you see the guys talking, but you can't hear what they're saying, but they're all looking at her. Yeah. And she said, what is so he talking good. about? What are, am I in trouble? Yeah. Did you do everything in the book? Yeah, I did everything by the fucking book. Jack Bristow's there. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Victor Garber. So, so full disclosure here, I think I'm going to have to watch the movie again. I really liked it, and I like it a lot in theory. Mm-hmm. I don't think it affected me, and unfortunately... So, here's the thing. I'm very spoiled. And this movie is not Yeah, playing. his mom gets him whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one who got those Star Wars figurines, didn't you? <laughs> didn't you? You got the BB-8, you motherfucker. I hate uh, you. You're the kind of kids I wanted to beat up in the, lo- in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I had to... This movie's not playing at the Alamo. So I had to go to an AMC. Mm-hmm. And the AMC has has stepped up its game a little bit, right? Like, they got rid of the the obnoxious little bouncing ball minion knockoff things that they had. Um, it's still, like, a really sterile introduction, and, like, it's kind of passionless, and I just don't like it as much. Um, but it's at least not as obnoxious. There's still commercials beforehand, but whatever. Um, but I swear... So this guy, ten minutes into the movie, comes in. He's got, like, a little bag with him. He sta- he walks all the way across and stands by the by the stairs on the opposite side of the entrance. And he stands there for a minute. He's like looking around. And I'm like, this dude is weird, right? And uh, and so he's it's already distracting. And then he ends up sitting down all the way to the right in the row, like the back row of the front section, you know. So I, he's in my vision, but just barely. Um, and proceeds to take out like a big plastic bag. And inside of which he has like uh, an entire Thanksgiving dinner, it seemed. Um, he had like a bag of chips and like a can of soda, and, which he opened, both of which there was constant was rustling. Was that the 24-? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. What? When I went and saw The Martian, yeah, a dude came in and sat like six ro- uh, chairs down for me, had plastic bags full of food, and he was making tons of noise, and then about... Uh, two-thirds away through the movie he got up and left and then he came back with more food oh and it might be the same guy so this dude like <laughs> there was one point where i was like is this a homeless man who's taking a shower in this theater like because i swear he like he had like a spray bottle or something like every now and then he'd spray shit with something <laughs> Maybe it was a salad dressing <laughs> it might have been it might have been a salad dressing or like some some you know or I, fit, I can't believe it's uh, not butter a fit uh vegetable washers yeah he was cleaning his vegetables you know he had to he had to listen i gotta do two things at once i got a busy day (laughs) he had to shuck his corn while he's in the theater 
uh, you know, you got to clean the bristles. You got to get a good brush in there. Get all the the little stringy things between yeah. the kernels. Uh, so, and then he had to then he, you know he had to get all the kernels off so he could cook the kernels and make <laughs> some popcorn. I don't know, it, but it was obnoxious, and it, it, it was and it was off and on, just enough, and he's just far enough that I can't like yell at him. Um, and of course, I can't put up a card because I'm not in the Alamo. And I, I, there was just this moment where I was like. Do these theaters just attract these people now? Like, like, is the Alamo really like this safe haven where <laughs> only the good people go? Um, but it did. It was distracting enough that I feel like it, it kept the movie. Cause one of the worst parts where it was happening was in the, in the, the, um, the Juarez scene, mm-hmm. right? Which is a great sequence. Huh. But I don't think, think I was affected by it because of this fucking asshole. Um, I I was furious. Oh, dude, I love I when was, they're stuck on the border. I, I wanted to light him on fire. They're stuck on the border, <laughs> and those like gang members roll up, and the guys get out like, okay, if they do anything, and then they shoot the guys, and that one dude comes up and she shoots him in the head. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, or, or, I gotta see it. I or what about the it. the part where they're going in at night and it's like all black on half the screen, and then the other half is like purple. Yeah, and then the guys start walking, and they disappear. Oh, it's a really good shot. It's so awesome. It's it's, a, it's, it's Dennis Vanilla View. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vanilla. I'm just hanging right. Uh, he did Prisoners, right? Yep. Yes. I love Prisoners so much. Yeah, it's it's not as good as Prisoners for me. Um, but I I think it's a great film. Benicio del Toro is great in it. Oh yeah. I, that's the thing. I think the the whole third act is so strong that as you start to figure out what's actually yeah. been happening, like all this stuff that you feel like you've just sort of sat through and you don't know why it was there, all of it has a purpose. I um, oh, and dude, it's saying the something. dinner scene. Oh, the dinner scene's great. Oh, it's it's just uh, brutal. And and you it's so good. When it comes up like Similar to Prisoners, mm. this movie is extremely conflicting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would even go so far as to the scene right after that in her apartment oh, God, is extremely <laughs> conflicting. It's it's, it's a scene where yeah, it's this, this scene where you you understand both of their points of mm-hmm. view, and they both have extreme points of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not even extreme. I think hers is actually very reasonable. I think so too. But the point of the film is that, you know, it's, it's a movie that starts with something extremely grotesque, right? Yep. What they find in that house. Oh, yeah. And, and I will say the number of like, well, there's like 25 here and 14 over there. And like, and we haven't got to the attic yet. Right. Yeah. We haven't even finished searching. There could be 50 of them in here. Like that, that, that thing. It goes by, and it, it you almost don't realize at the time how horrific that is. Yep. And as the movie goes on, and you realize, like, <laughs> it made me think of, I don't know if you remember this, but at the end of Man on Fire, uh, which, of course, is a movie about children getting kidnapped and almost killed in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, Ridley, Ridley Scott put in a thing, or uh, Tony Scott put in a thing at the end, that were, because they, they felt like they were going to make Mexico look really bad. So at the end it says to Mexico a very special place, uh, which on its own sounds really condescending. Yeah. Um, this movie, holy shit! I don't ever want to go to Mexico. Like, because <laughs> nothing it, changes. Right, and and that's the thing. You know, Benicio del Toro has that great line where he talks about like you need to go to a small town yep. because this is a place of wolves. It very much reminded me of you haven't seen the first season of Fargo, but the end of the first episode. Um, Billy Bob Thornton has this line where he's like, you know, the problem is 
maps used to say there be dragons here. They don't say that anymore, but that doesn't mean there aren't still dragons. Yeah. And it was a very similar line where he says this thing and you, it re-encapsulates everything you see. Um, and you realize like, holy shit, like, yes, ethically, you think a certain thing should, like, you think it should go this way, but you kind of think he's right. Yeah. And then um, it puts a whole new thing on it when, yeah. And any kids she married. Right. Right. They, they set her, I'm not gonna yeah. say it, but yeah, yes. it's the movies. I wouldn't be standing on balconies if I were you. <sighs> Fucking love this movie. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's going to be one I really love. I just unfortunately have to sit down in the dark and mm-hmm. watch it again. Yeah. Um, the Sicar- your Sicario episode went up today, today. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I need to hold off on listening to that episode. Oh, yeah. Before I see yeah, the yeah. Movie. Dude, see oh, yeah. The no. This is 100%. Do not dare hear what this movie's actually about before you see it. Um, going because, cold? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because are we confusing you when we're talking about it? Oh, yeah. I have no Good. idea yet Good. what's going on. Because the, I haven't even seen a trailer for it. I just know oh, that it was don't. the director and Emily Blunt. See as little yeah. as you can. See, yeah. I, because I mean,. The movie's grotesque and it's it's tough. It's 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 a tough It's like film. prisoners. It's not Yes. It doesn't shy away from the bad things. Yeah. Because he, they exist and it's awesome. He's like a dark Jason Reitman. And I say that because the thing I always say about Jason Reitman is he makes films that ask questions he doesn't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. Um he's very upfront about that. This this is the same thing. Oh, yeah. Only the difference is that he asks dark horrible questions that he also doesn't know the answer to mm-hmm. and so it just leaves you just like prisoners mm-hmm. it leaves you in this place where you're like i don't know who i agree with but i i love the film yeah um yeah it, it's a it's a great movie and the more i think about it the more i yeah, i really appreciate yeah, it. i love that movie it is just not it's not as fun and yeah. and um i saw that fast this... paced as the prisoners is <laughs> I, I saw that the same day i saw the martian oh so i saw the martian first and then i went and saw that it's like whoa you did it the wrong way <laughs> i saw two <laughs> totally different films yeah yeah you should have flipped the two yeah um, but i still i i love that film it's like i'm gonna yeah. go watch babe it's, and then the crying yeah. game back to back <laughs> right it's yes. it's definitely in my top 10 i'm not gonna say where yeah but um it'd take a lot for it not to be in my top 10 at the end of the year oh yeah um yeah i mean i'm gonna have to rewatch it in fact i was telling henry last week i don't know if i said it on the show or not but i would i made a pact when i saw zombievers that i'd keep it in my top 10 just to give it like notoriety i don't think i can do it anymore yeah i i have a movie that's you know every year there's that my top my top 10 slot always ends up being saved for something that i want to just get notoriety to right that's that's how like Hansel and Gretel ends up in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a movie that I'm, I'm holding on the back burner. Yeah, so we'll see. I yeah. think I've got one of the one or two of those in my list right now because yeah. I did a halftime report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and awesome. there are ones that I really hope stay in there. Like I'm this just, is, I'm just. There's wondering. some movies of yours I really hope fall off your list. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, but you know, like I, I and I think the one that we were talking about is the one that's going to be knocked off in the next couple of weeks because oh, there's yeah? some really good stuff coming up. But I do like that movie, yeah. um, Black Mass. So, but I mean, I my wife is pissed at me because I haven't taken her to see that yet. It's it's good and it's I I, I, think, I think it's the, fun. The contact lenses make a much better performance in the walk than they did in Black Mass. <laughs> um, we could go. I on really, that forever. yeah, yeah. Best performance by by contact lenses in 2015. Yeah, the walk. Goes to nice. Johnny Depp. Uh, what else yeah. you? Uh, so I do have some other stuff. So we should keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I also got a chance to go see Bridge of Spies. Uh, Dude, which are you guys seeing that next week? Yeah. Okay. 
cool. Well, so I'm, I'm going to. I will. I will just go over it quickly. I don't want to talk too much. Uh, a, I cried. Uh, movie's great. Uh, I will say there was a point at which there was a point at which I was like, man, this might be the weakest Steven Spielberg I've seen movie I've seen in a while. Um, it's it's shot brilliantly. The opening sequence is just it's fantastic, and you'll appreciate this. You because you'll have Sweet. the same thought when when you see it. Um, but it's not spoilers. The opening sequence. It's the beach sequence from Jaws. Ooh. Just just keep that in your mind, and then when you see it, you'll be like, "Holy shit, he's right! <laughs> this is the beach sequence from Jaws." Love it. Um, so uh, the movie's great. Um, it just sort of it, it it's hitting all the beats that you think, right? So it almost feels predictable at a certain point, point. and you're just like, "Okay, you're doing a really great job, Stephen. Like this is great. I I like it. The acting is all fantastic. The story they're telling is really interesting." All of this stuff is like, hey, this is really great history. And then, you remember how in Terminal, like, that movie's really fun? Mm -hmm. And then there's this moment right at the end where you just start to cry because mm -hmm. it's so beautiful? Mm -hmm. So that happens in this movie. Um, there's just this moment where all of a sudden, all these little themes that he's been playing with and just these, these characters that he's just very well developed using tools he has honed very well over the years... It all just comes together and it strikes the chord perfectly. Um, I think this movie is, I mean, it's still going to be one of the best films of the year. Mm -hmm. It may still be one of the weakest Steven Spielberg movies. It'll still be one of the best films I see. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really moving. Um, there's there's, comp there's stuff it. in the trailer that they don't tell you. Um, so that, that, that adds a whole nother twist to some things. Um, that I I just think the movie is fantastic. Everybody needs to go check it out. Um, there's there's really nothing. There's no reason why a person shouldn't go see this movie. Um, there's a little bit of violence, but like I don't even think it. It I I think it could still be like a family film. Um, you know if if your kids are old enough to go see <laughs> to kill a, a mockingbird, <laughs> they can appreciate a Cold War spy film. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, but so that's the thing. It's really, it's a lot more talking. It's a lot more, I, I mean, I would almost get it closer to Lincoln mm -hmm. in that it's a lot of him defending this guy and arguing and, and having conversations about why that should happen and, and them having these conversations about what the right thing for people to do is. Mm -hmm. um, it is a lot less, um, when, when the Cold War sneaks its way in, it does it in short, effective bursts. That I think that even even you know younger kids, I'm saying like age of ten to thirteen, I think even they would appreciate and understand what's going on. Very cool. Um, I think it it uh, it's it's got a a certain um, aspect to it because it's made by a number of people who lived through that experience and what that was like. Uh, so at the Alamo, they had a Q and A with Steven Spielberg and, mm -hmm. and Tom Hanks afterwards, which I got to also attend. Um, which was really great. And there was one question where he was talking about the fact that, uh, he remembers being in school and them showing him cartoons of like, Hey, here's a real piece of footage of a nuclear bomb exploding. And then here's a cartoon of a turtle, you know, getting into his shell Duck and avoiding and cover. Right. Exactly. Uh, and avoiding the, the, like, cartoon shrapnel going by of this nuclear explosion. And he tell, he told this little story about, like, how horrific it was for, for him and his sisters to come home at the end of the day and just be like, 
we're never going to get to learn to drive <laughs> like that, that amount of tension and it's there, but he sneaks it in and in just the right places um, and lets the characters really be the important part of the story. So I, I think it's Very fantastic. Cool. Everybody should go check it out. Um, not, yeah, not a movie to be missed. So, uh, very last thing that I watched is, um, I, th- I think I'm going to do, you know, you've been doing your, I'm going to, you're watching yeah. all the superhero movies. Cool. Uh, I'm going to do one that's a lot more, uh, like masochistic. Cool. So I watched the Maze Runner this week. Oh, nice. Um, and that's I got me go thinking. Pee. Hang on. Oh yeah, you're good. You go. I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking. It's, it's got me thinking that I might go and watch all of the like 11 teen year old adventure films, you know? So like the, so you'll go to the, to the, um, no, I'm not going to go see them in theaters. Okay. I'm just going to go like, I'll, I'll either buy the DVD or buy the Blu-rays or I'll, I'll find a way to view them. I was going to be like, finally, I have a date to the hunger games. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sure we'll go see the hunger games for our episode. But what I'm really talking about is like the, uh, you know, I saw the host in theaters, but, um, the insurgents, those insurgent movies, or Divergent, whatever the first one is, um, these Maze Runner movies. There's a few of those other series that are out there. Um, and I'm just very curious about them because, like, they're making, they make enough money every year that they, when they make them, they make one and then immediately make the sequel. Like, they're already producing the sequel when the first one comes out. They're working at, like, the and, serials from back in the day where it's oh, just, yeah. like, mass producing them, like, getting them out there right. as fast as possible. And so from seeing the Maze Runner, uh, just a quick, a quick, breakdown um basically the maze how many mazes do they go through there's only one maze okay so this kid wakes up he's inside of uh, you know he's uh 14 ish 16 something like that um and wakes up inside this like elevator thing he's got some weird memories flashing in his head um and the elevator brings him up and he's suddenly outside in this field and there are these other kids living in this little field and there's a big wall around them uh like giant wall like you know eight ten stories tall and um it's kind of like lord of the flies in there like they got their they got their stuff that they're they're growing food and they've been there for years um and their little spot in this uh in this this little field that they're living in um they it's all in the on the inside of this big maze Mm -hmm. and there's these doors around the outside of the, the uh field and the doors open um they open during the day, basically, and then at night they close, uh, which is good because at night there's like these giant like spider robot monsters that live in the in the maze. Really? Um, and if you're stuck in there at night, like nobody's ever survived a night out in the maze. Like if if you don't get back before the doors close, you're you're dead. Nobody's ever made it back. So, um, and like there are runners. So there are these guys who are like elected by the the townsfolk, if you will, to be runners. Um, and they run through the maze and they sort of map out where it is, but the maze also changes, you know, like cube, mm-hmm. um, like there's different sections that open up at different times, you know, so like each day, like, so it's like cube uh, another section. Kids. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and it'll even change like throughout the day, like walls will move and stuff like that. So you can, you can get lost pretty easy. And I don't remember like why kids go into the maze. Like, I don't know if they find stuff or if they're just trying to find a way out or whatever. But they've been there forever. They're like nobody's. They, they've been there for like three years, and nobody's ever found a way out. Um, so this kid, like, in in basically twelve hours, uh, just fucks everything up, and all of a sudden, like the the whole town is divided because oh, because he, um, the the one guy who's like the leader, uh, he and his friend they're out running, 
and they come back and like the leader's hurt and this this friend of the leader is like trying to get him to the gate before it closes and our hero guy he's standing there and he's you know because he's not a runner yet and he's watching the the gates close and the hero's on his, the the leader guy's on his way out but he's got he's not going to make it so our hero <laughs> our hero runs through the gates and lets the gates close behind him and now he's locked in for the night with with the leader of the village and this other friend and they're like, well, and the guy tells him, he's like, you just committed suicide. Like, you now you, we're all going to die because we're all going to get killed by these things. Um, and so, of course, because he's the hero, like, they run around for a night. They run into the big robot spider things for the first time, which have some dumb name. And uh, and he ends up finding a way to kill one. He, like, he tricks it because um, he's able to run faster than the giant robot spider thing. And so he runs down a hallway that's closing because mm-hmm. the maze is moving. He runs down the hallway, get, the spider gets killed, um, and they survive the night. And that's the first time anybody survived the night. You know, it's like he's he's the one, right? So Neo, we'll call him Neo. Neo from now, right? So Neo now, um, he's uh, he's like you know because the leaders is is like really hurt, and he's having weird visions about shit. Everybody, everybody who gets scratched by these spider things starts having weird visions. One of them even like tries to kill Neo. Cause he's like, cause he gets, he gets scratched by this thing. Um, and, and he's like, I saw you, you were there, man. And you're like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Like Neo just showed up. What, you know? So there's like something, wherever Neo came from, like something's going on there too. Like it's got something to, to do with why these kids are trapped in this maze thing. So it's a bigger, there's a bigger plot. Yeah, like going there's on. some, well, there better be. Otherwise, why the hell are these kids in this maze? Could be like, a, it could be like a, <laughs> Uh, a kid version of There Will Be Blood where it's just about utter sadness and despair. No, no, <laughs> like no, no, isolationism. No. no, don't worry. There will be a giant block of exposition at the end of the film to explain it to you. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, oh, and then that kid who, who's like, who first had the vision and tries to kill Neo, mm-hmm. like there's this kind of brutal scene where the kids totally Lord of the Flies him and like they get their sharp sticks and they, they force him through the gates right before nighttime and he, ne- he of course dies. He gets killed by one of the robot spiders. You're like holy shit! Like okay, this is and this is like this ten minutes produced into the movie. by John Peters. <laughs> right? um, John Peters presents the Maze Runner. So a I'm Tim sorry. Burton. So film. are you liking these films? No, 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 they're not good. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you how ridiculous this film is. But his but enthusiasm for describing them is like the old storyteller in the fog, where it's just like, <laughs> some men choose to live, some men choose to be Maze Runners. <laughs> so, so the. Uh, yeah, so there's this really brutal scene, like f- ten minutes into the movie, where they they Lord of the Flies this kid out into the the you know giant robot spider lane. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. So I was into it at that point. Um, but it's just it is it's full of all this like weird exposition. There's this one annoying kid in town who's like, you know, you can't. Oh, he's totally mad because the guy killed this robot spider thing, and he's like, what are you doing? Like they're all everything's gonna go to hell now. They're gonna be mad at us. Like we had this truce before. Where they didn't ever come into our village. And sure enough, he's right. Like, they end up opening the doors during the night. Like, the doors get left open and spiders come in and kill some of the kids. Which, they, this movie at least has that over, like, the Hunger Games. They kill some kids So in it's this not movie. good. Yeah, no, it's, it's not it's not good. Yeah. No, I was, I was saying the Hunger Games are good. No, I'm saying this has that over, like, better than the Hunger Games. No, no, the Hunger Games are good films. Yeah, they are good films, But better actually. than the Hunger Games is that this movie kills kids. <laughs> This uh, oh there's oh this one's more explicit about it than yeah like the Hunger there's Games yeah is. like there's actually some stakes here like ah, some okay. you know 
Um, I, I can I can see where you're coming I'm from. I'm just picking on James. You remember yeah. how Pig dies at the end of of the Lord of the Flies? Oh yeah. So absolutely. there's a there's like a kind of chubby, lovable kid in this one as well, and he dies at the end of this movie too. Um, spoilers for the Lord of the, the Lord of the Flies. So so where do you uh, go from the Maze Runner? What's your next film? Well, well, hold on a second. So okay. so eventually they find the hole that all the giant robot spider things crawl out of, mm-hmm. and they just crawl through that. And they end up at this weird place where, uh, oh shoot, who is it? Um, ah, it's a character actress that you, you've seen her before. Joan Allen? Um, no, no, no. She kind of <laughs> looks like Joan Allen, but no. Um, so let's just say it's Joan Allen. It let's might just as well say be. it's Neo and Joan Allen. Yeah. So, don't. so Neo and his group of friends. Oh, and like a girl shows up too that I guess he's supposed to fall in love with because she's a girl and what? We'll call it Paper Towns Girl. Right. Like <laughs> he's our, he's our hero and she's the only girl who's ever come through the hole in the ground. So <laughs> they have to fall in love. Um, what's going on in this film? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. There's a whole block of exposition at the end here that I'll tell you about. So they get, and suddenly they're in this laboratory, right? And there's cameras everywhere. They've been watching these kids in the, in the, you know, getting killed by the giant spider robot things. And, uh, and this lady leaves this message. Everybody's in the lab's dead. Uh, and the lady leaves this message just like, yeah, we live in a future where like the sun is scorched to the earth. And, uh, you kids, now you, some of you, oh, and there's this horrible disease. Nobody can survive. Uh, it's a horrible world to live in. Uh, she's a woman, so she doesn't sound like this, but it doesn't matter. And, uh, and she's like, but you kid, you younger generations, you've started to like, you know, you've, you've formed some kind of tolerance against it. We don't know how. And the only way we can figure out how you have this tolerance against the disease and the, all the heat and everything is to put you inside this giant maze and and kill you off with giant robot spiders. Uh, it makes no freaking sense. Uh, and then a bunch of military. Yeah, oh, you lost me. <laughs> so that you lost me too. Um, and then the the kid that I was talking about before that was like, I don't like you're doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He magically shows up and then he shoots pig. Um, and then. Uh, I think he gets shot. Is, or is his name really Pig, or are you just doing the Lord of the? Flies? No, it's just because it's Lord of the Flies. I don't know what his actual name is. It was clearly Pig, um, and so he shoots Pig, and then he gets like a giant, you know, like javelin to his chest, and he dies too. Uh, and then a whole bunch of soldiers show up, and they take all these kids out, and they put them on a helicopter, and they fly them to a big city that's just. You remember the end of uh, of. Resident Evil, no, the beginning of Resident Evil 3, where there's like the, there, Las Vegas is covered in sand. Yeah. yeah so it's another town that looks kind of like that. It's just mm. covered up in sand. And they fly off to that thing and the movie ends. And that's what the whole movie, I just told you the whole plot of Maze Runner. Wow. I have no idea With what no the hell is going on. Spoiler warning? God, James. I, James, I, I gotta tell you that. It doesn't make any sense. I, I gotta tell you, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm gonna, I may even like, if I can get a free ticket, I may even go see, cause the second one's in theaters. Oh, right Scorch now. Trials? Yeah, so I might go check that out, see what the hell is supposed to be going on in that movie. I had some friends in LA who um, were just like, you wanna go see the Scorch Trials? And I explicitly told them, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I, uh, the next one I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that Divergent because it's got Shailene Woodley in it and I like yeah. her. Um, so I want to check those out. Those seem fun. Yeah, and I want to give mm. I want to try out an, another one of her films. Um, I'll, I'll say this: the host is better than the Maze Runner. Wow, I liked okay. the I I whoa I I I thought oh, that you the really host, liked that host. Movie? I thought that the host was palatable. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't that bored. Um, <laughs> I kind of do. Yeah, it's horrible. I love Twilight for bad reasons. The host isn't bad enough to be that bad, mm. to be loved. But like it's not good enough Twilight. to be great. No, it's not even good enough to be, like, good. <laughs> it's just palatable. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's serviceable, it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like you watch it and you're like, I see what you tried to do there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, okay. a, it's like a kid who's not old enough to ride a bike, you know? But he's like he's like on a big wheel and he's really proud of himself and you're like, nice try. <laughs> you can't go anywhere, but you're having fun. Yeah. It's like that. Cool. So, that's what I watched this week. Awesome. Cool. Well, what are we doing next? Spider Sense is tingling. Here's a comic book to pick up. Ooh. Hey man, read this. I told you, I don't like horror comics. Think of it more as a survival manual. There's a number on the back. And pray that you never need to call us. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Yeah, the, the the reason I did that is because Amazing Spider-Man relaunched again this week. Ooh, which it's really weird. Marvel suspended. Is Peter Parker still dead? No, the Marvel suspended all their books because they're doing Secret War. Yeah, so they have the Ultimate Universe and Six One Six, their proper universe, collided, and Doom is ruling them all. And they they wanted to give the artist who's doing a really great job on Secret Wars uh, time to finish Secret Wars. Okay, but by doing so, they've delayed all their books. Amazing Spider-Man 1 was supposed to come out in September. Um, And Secret Wars was supposed to end in September. Secret Wars just released its sixth issue, and there's still two more to go. Wow. And now Marvel's in a spot where, like, oh, we have to release all these books now because... Who's the artist? McNiven? No. I forget his name. He's really good, though. He's a really good artist. And they don't want to put in a sub-artist. But but now you're having things... I mean, I haven't read it yet, but they have Superior uh, Iron Man coming out. Yeah. Uh, came out this week as well, and I guess it just spoils all of Secret Wars. Oh, shit. Because they can't put it out. And I was reading that Marvel was losing so much money because they basically they can't, they canceled all their out. books. Yeah. So, I mean, Spider-Man had a miniseries. They all had miniseries, but they haven't had them in like a month. Hmm. So, so they're doing it just for the Secret War situation? Yeah, so in Secret Wars, Doom, Doctor Doom, becomes like a god, and he's forcing all the heroes and villains to fight under this new world where uh some of the heroes remember what the world used to be and the other ones don't so it's like this weird uh, alternate reality kind of like the matrix okay um i'm I'm confused didn't dr doom die at the end of the movie uh the movie no remember he just in the he he crashed silver surfer surfboard in the ocean no not that movie the movie this year did he die i don't know oh, something happened to something him. happened to him remember that movie yeah Anyways, so um, they just said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to relaunch all our stuff anyways. And I was really concerned about this because uh, they're taking Peter Parker from New York where he's, you know, Parker luck. Everything happens to him and it's bad. Now he's a swinging bachelor who's in charge of a multi-billion dollar Parker Industries. And and so now, <laughs> yeah, so now he's going around the world and Spider-Man's his bodyguard. And so now he's fighting crime uh, internationally. And I was like, man, I don't know if this is going to work, but the book is really fun. Good. Uh, they do a really good job. I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about it because there's lots of cool things in it and there's a really big reveal. Um, but it's kind of cool seeing Peter Parker going around and being like James Bond. He even has like a new Spider-Mobile. Um, what? And he has a new Spider-Man costume that's like high tech. 
Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, Does the spider mobile look like the old like no. cartoon Batmobile? No. Only with oh, it doesn't. Sorry, but it's lots of fun. There's a uh, there. It's six dollars, but it's about a hundred pages long. So there's a bunch of backup stories. One with Spider Gwen, uh, Spider Woman, Silk, all those like Spider Man spinoffs. And so I guess what they're going to do is uh, now Peter Parker's kind of going international. They're going to make Miles Morales kind of this New York Spider Man, um, which is cool. So uh, I have lots of fun. I mean, it's a fun book. I think you should pick it up if you like Spider Man. I was really worried about it, um, but it actually was a lot of fun. This is a Spider Man that I want to see. Yeah, so like, you should pick it up. You can go. Peter uh, Parker, industrialist, yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> the, the last volume of Amazing Spider Man ended with him starting Parker Industries. Uh, and becoming really, really famous and wealthy for it. And uh, this one picks up basically where it left off. So, and I don't, I don't want to spoil his role in Secret Wars, but it's kind of a big deal. Can his Spider-Mobile look like this? <laughs> don't you wish? Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it's an old, what was that cartoon show that had a dune buggy like this? I don't um, remember. Oh man, it was, it was like a, it was kind of like Scooby-Doo. Only, um, only had a talking car. Mm. You remember that? Um, um, speed buggy. Speed buggy is that, okay. Yeah, speed buggy. So it's speed buggy. Only the only the hoods over the tires are Spider-Man webbed, and then the insides of the tires are his face. Yep, I do. I do I have the comic awesome. that is the first appearance of the Spider-Mobile. I, really, I've yeah. never been familiar with the Spider-Mobile. Uh, he's Spider-Man was paid by a company to drive their car. And of course, he has Parker Luck, so he ends up crashing it into the Hudson River, and he owes him money for it. Um, <laughs> I, I, for, awesome I forget. Oh, Peter. Yeah, I forget uh, the issue number, but it's like three dollars from like the seventies because no one likes it, um, right. and nobody wants it. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to pick up a fun book, you know, go look Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Andrew wasn't there; he was in Vegas this last week. Oh. Um, but when I went there, Chris, uh, she handed me. I, she says, "I know why you're here," and she gave me Spider Man. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so it was, it's just lots of fun. I'm sure they still have some. I'm, I'm sure it's probably one of the biggest books this month. So, um, yeah, definitely pick it up. And it's cool to see Marvel starting again because it was a drag. I, I started going to the comic store. In fact, I haven't gone in like a month. And when I got my hold slot, it was like three Spider-Man comics that were tied into Secret Wars. And the rest were like Harley Quinn books and uh, Batgirl and Angel and Faith and Buffy. That's all I got. And it was like a stack this big. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, where's all my Spider-Mans? <laughs> um, so I missed it. So it's cool that he's back. Cool. So, yeah, make sure you pick it up. Five ninety nine, but you get 100 pages of comic. That's not bad. Um, you want to zip, zip through some news? Yeah, let's do it. In other news, the prime minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. <laughs> I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. Oh, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! Everyone, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! I like a do the cha-cha. I'm sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. Not a whole lot of stuff this week, um, but I think the the thing you may have been talking about as far as New York Comic Con is concerned is that they've sort of restructured a lot of the, yeah. the Marvel movies for a while. Yep. Um, they moved a few around. They've they've scheduled three untitled films in like 2020 
Um, nothing, a lot to talk about, except that they did announce Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah, that's cool. As a sequel to, to Ant-Man, which, I mean, as much as people have really enjoyed that movie and the way that it sets up for a sequel, I think that, you know, was predictable. It um, was. I think, too, they decided to do that as well because, uh, you know, everyone wants the Captain Marvel movie and they want, you know, a female superhero. Yeah. But the thing is, is they just don't have the right story and they don't have the right director. And I, I do respect them going, you know what? Let's take our time with it. We're putting out a female-led superhero movie and we don't want to mess it up. Yeah, and I think... um and I think I think the wasp. I think she was pretty good in you know Ant Man. The so. wasp yeah. is a good lead into mm-hmm. it. And you got you got Jessica Jones about to start up on on yeah. Netflix, uh, and that's looking really good. Trailer Agent came Carter. out for that this week. You've got Agent Carter. Like Which it's is not great. it's not like Marvel is shying away from that stuff. The unfortunate truth is there, there's two sides to this that suck. One, the history of Marvel means that there is an unfortunate shortage of really great female characters. Yeah, they've they've they they're working on it. Thor is a woman right now. Like, there's there's stuff they've done. Yeah, it was uh, um, uh, the editor-in-chief of Marvel, uh, Axel Alonso, I think it is. He took over in 2012, mm-hmm. and he looked at his slate, and he said, hey, where's all the female characters? And that's why we got Thor, Miss Marvel, right. um, all the uh, Carol Core. The, like, like, the female-only exactly. version of X-Men, yeah. So he did that because he noticed it as well, and he says, right. you know, we're ignoring... Over half the population, right. um, and you've got you know I, I've I've long contested that I think that Avengers One is a Black Widow movie, um, I, and I think that character has always been really strong in those films. Um, they are they are definitely making a lot of strides to fix some of that stuff. The other side, which I think is far more damning um, and detrimental to their ability to make these films, is that unfortunately, the Hollywood doesn't make those movies, and those movies don't. Ter- like don't perform as well traditionally um this summer has very much been a female lead heavy summer um to some success and some not you know you got movies like tomorrowland that just flop completely um and then you have others i mean Trainwreck did pretty well for yeah. train wreck did really well sicario. uh sicario i think uh, i mean critically of course is doing well um, what you're really I, I would see Emily like, Blunt as Captain Marvel. That'd be badass. I think it would be really Ooh. good. Now that I'm thinking about that. Uh, yeah, they've been talking about they've that. They've talked about it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. You know, Miss Marvel's just not... Captain Marvel's just not farther far enough yeah. along. And and it's better that... I, I think that their argument that we were more concerned about making the product good than getting it out is what has been at the core of what they've done for a while anyway. Yeah, and what they also moved... They actually moved Black Panther up because they have... Yeah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is uh, Black Panther, right? Right. Yeah. So they already have Black They've Panther. They've got a cast. They had and he's in Civil War, I think. So yeah, he's in Civil War. So he's yeah. and they made, ready to go. And, they, and they've set that one up well enough that they could, you know, they're they're ready to jump into that because you know he shows he doesn't show up, but um, Wakanda shows up mm-hmm. in in Age of Ultron. Like, yeah, I mean that one I think is a bit more ready to go. Um, and they might it, be getting F. Gary Gray to direct Black I'd Panther, which would be. Because you guys have seen The Negotiator, right? Yeah. yeah. That tells me that he can make a Black Panther movie. Cause oh, that'd be cool. one of the best action movies of the 90s for me. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no he can do it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he has character beats down really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and Marvel is at this point so good at curating their films, no matter who is directing them, that, you know, I, I think they'll it'll be, it'll be just fine. I'm going to be interested to see freaking Doctor Strange. I want to see if they're going to take a chance with that one. And Oh, yeah. 
I mean, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy it, was a I was chance. Say, so. They made a movie with a talking raccoon in it. Uh, I don't think they're going to pull their punches really much at all. No, I. Um, I that's why I'm stoked. I, I, I was thinking. Uh, of when I'm going to see a trailer for Civil War, and I'm guessing Star Wars. Yeah. I'm going to see a trailer for that's Civil probably, War. That's probably a pretty good bet. Uh, speaking of trailers, we got a trailer for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies this week. I thought it was lots of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to see. I want to see Lily James like kill zombies. I'm down. Um, I think it looks alright. The poster looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one, we also got a trailer for uh, Hail Caesar. Did you get a chance to see that? It's the new Coen Brothers film. Um, uh, Zach is excited. Did you see it? Dance? it? I I love George Clooney playing an idiot, and oh. this is by far the biggest idiot he's played in a Coen Brothers movie. And it look, or from what I've seen, yeah. And uh, it just looks like fun, and it's about a fixer named Eddie Mannix who worked for MGM, but they changed the production company for yeah um, purposes, I guess. Um, but it's about like trying to fix problems in Hollywood. It's like a Ray Donovan, but sillier is what I'm expecting yeah. the movie to be. It's it it uh, it feels tonally like a like a burn after reading or or maybe a Hudsucker proxy. Um, so it's another one of their comedies. Um, There's about- a little Barton Fink in there. There's a yeah. tiny bit of Barton Fink, and just the fact that they're addressing Hollywood in that golden yeah. era again. Sure. Um, and jo- Jonah Hill and Scarlett Johansson in the trailer crack me up with the whole, uh, how many punches can you put in the whole thing? What was the joke? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, like I'm supposed to stamp it. The strength of his wrist. Yeah, it's yeah. all part of the job. Yeah. Um, but so it's it tells the story of a, a movie called Hail Caesar, I presume, um, in sort of that Cleopatra era mm. of, of Hollywood. Um, and George Clooney is like the big star and he gets kidnapped while they're making the film and they have Sounds to figure like out a how to brothers film. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think it looks great. I'm really excited. Um, which is fun. Oh, cause, uh, you know who also wrote Bridge of Spies? The Coen brothers. Did they really? Uh huh. Yeah. They, they did, they did a, a pass on it and that's the yeah. one that, uh, Tom Hanks read and uh-huh. Spielberg read and they were good to go. Yep. So. Part, another part of why that movie is really good. Anyway, uh, and the very last thing is that Paramount released this thing called the Paramount Vault onto, onto YouTube. Did you guys see this? Yes, yes. I so, saw yeah. a little it's bit of it. It's not great yet, uh, but I wanted to bring it up just because I think it's really interesting. So basically, they, they took a bunch of their older films and released remastered versions of it, or whatever the most up-to-date version of it is, onto YouTube for free for people to watch, How along with a whole films, bunch of clips. Though? Um, sorry, there it's both. Yeah. It's more the quality, uh, that I think is, is missing. Like there's an ad for Paramount vault where there's a bunch of, where they're like, Oh, you know, remember, you know, Forrest Gump and all these other things. And you're like, great. But I don't think those movies are on there. There's clips from a lot of those movies. So that's part of it is like, you can go find clips of all these movies now on Amazon or on YouTube. Um, but like, Masters of the, of the Universe is on there. Uh, I was I was scrolling through before we started a, a list of like ten a ten movies movie. that you needed to see, and it's like, eh, there, there's some stuff on there, but like as far as full films are concerned, yet it's not great. I don't think it's an amazing service either, just because YouTube is not necessarily a great place for like searching, like browsing for stuff. Um, like I looked at the where the catalog is, it's hard to even answer the question of how many good movies or how many movies that people should really go check out are on there because browsing through the list of films they released on YouTube is kind of difficult because it's not made for that. Because I thought that would be cool if they, you know how Ryan and I were talking earlier about the Warner Archive? Yeah, yeah. Is if they do that digitally with Paramount. 
because there's a lot of good Paramount Vault stuff that they still have own ownership mm-hmm. over that they could probably release like that. And I'm sure that there's a lot of really great older films in here, you know. Um, but I didn't get enough time to comb through all of them and find you know a mm-hmm. lot of great stuff. But like I said, looking through like lists that people were saying like, hey, here's the stuff you should check out on that thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's there's some stuff, but I think it's just kind of a cool idea for some of those older films, especially stuff that maybe isn't necessarily going to show up on Netflix because Netflix even looks at it and goes, eh, we don't necessarily need these films. Uh, to have there be a, a place where you can go and see those movies for free and, you know, um, I think it's a it's a neat idea and something that I hope that some of the other studios will take suit in um, because I'm sure that a number of them, especially like the old black and white movies that Ryan and I have had those times where we go through like a jag and you're like, I want to watch, you know, His Girl Friday. Um, that movie is really hard for me to find back when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, stuff like that. I think it'll, I think it's pretty cool. So, did I miss anything? Uh, I can't remember. All right. So, no. Let's get to the review. Cool. Uh, do you want to do your guys' review first? Or you want me to do Hotel Transylvania 2 first? Uh, let's do Hotel Transylvania. Oh, okay. Ryan? <laughs> Should people go see Hotel Transylvania 2? What? Do I go blah, 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 blah? <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I have a lot of fun with these films. I think the first Hotel Transylvania is really cute. Yeah. And this one's even cuter. Uh, it's, it's not deep, like inside out. Um, but it's zany and really, really cute. I, I really liked this movie and it was pretty fun to go and see. Um, Zach, you saw it, right? Yes. Uh, what, what do you, should people see Hotel Transylvania too? I fell in love with that first movie, mm-hmm. and the second one was even more freaking adorable. Really? It was just so. Shit, ad- I want to it was, see these. It was adorable, and dead, you know how you've been talking recently about the whole Adam Sandler is still funny mm-hmm. thing. This is one of those where, places where I'm like, this this guy still knows how to do his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's still a damn funny comedian. I think and, so too. Um, and I loved Mel Brooks in the movie. Oh yeah, I uh, thought he was. Very cute and very funny in it. Does yeah. Mel Brooks play his dad? <laughs> he plays his dad, yeah. Yeah, oh. he plays, he his, plays Vlad or yeah. Vlad. Vlad, cool. the, uh, the Nosferatu-esque am- yeah. vampire. Doesn't quite get there, but... Yeah. Uh, here's a trailer for Hotel Transylvania 2. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I... What? That's not how that one goes. What's wrong with... Suffer, suffer, scream in pain... Blood is spilling from your brain. Daddy. Come on, you know how I sang it to you. Zombies know Why you like a plum. Piercing cries and you succumb. Still works. Ever since Johnny and Mavis had their little monster, I've been the happiest vampire in the world! Are we sure he's a vampire? <laughs> Technically, you have until you're five to get your vampire fangs. Oh, he'll get his fangs. He's just like me. Look at him. Blah, blah, blah. I don't say blah, blah, blah. We've been talking about moving somewhere safer for Dennis. (laughs) But then I'll be all alone. Yeah, don't give me the pouty bat face. We gotta teach this kid how to be a monster. Wow. If we get his fangs to come out, Mavis can't leave. Robby, you okay out there? He's fine. He's blobby. Okay, Murray, show him how to be scary. Oh, my back. 
for real. We're so happy you came to visit. I love California. 48 flavors. This place is open all night. Right, sir? Yes. <laughs> She's gonna wanna move. I gotta fix this kid now. How are we doing? Move. Oh, he's adorable. How cute. <laughs> you know who could fix the kid in a snap? Vlad. Hi, Dad. Are we ready to do this? <laughs> Guys, we're running out of time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Blobby. We really meant to call you sooner. Okay, fellas, plan B. Coming through. Happen all. Hit it. Are you kidding me? Alright, I'm sold. You should be. Let's check these out. I mean, it, the, the only... Th if I had to have one criticism about it, is it goes into the dancing, goofy parts a uh, couple times. You know I hate that shit. Yeah, I know. But the, the heart of the story is uh, Dracula's daughter marries her boyfriend from the first film, who's like this backpacker from europe that he like, takes going his, on dude yeah, yeah that takes his backpack everywhere with him um so mavis marries uh what's what's his name danny uh oh my gosh oh, it's, i'm trying I to think it's neo neo <laughs> so so mavis marries neo yeah so anyways so she marries him and then uh you know dracula is there's even like a cute part where they're at their wedding and they're taking pictures, but she doesn't show up on any of the pictures because she's a vampire. Aww. But there's a funny part where uh, they he says, you may kiss the bride. So he goes in to kiss and he looks over at Drac and he shakes his head. He's like, nope. <laughs> and so he stops and he's like, a little one. And then they just do this like little kiss. It's really cute. Um, and then he becomes attached to, they have a little boy named Dennis that uh, Dracula calls dis dis Denisovich or something, whatever. Uh, Denisovich. <laughs> Denisovich because he wants him to be Transylvanian. Yeah. And he, he has till he's five years old to get his vampire fangs. Or if he doesn't, he's a, just a human. Yeah. And so he's not getting them. And so Dracula's really concerned. And then Mavis doesn't want him to grow up into, in a hotel full of monsters because he, he wants to be safe. Uh, so they go to LA and then like the middle of the movie is Dracula with the rest of his monster buddies trying to get uh, little Dennis's vampire teeth to come in. So they're just on these like zany things. And it's like, Hey, Frankenstein, go scare these joggers over there. So he goes to scare them and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're Frankenstein selfie. And they like, <laughs> Hey girls, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really cute. And the little boy and it's really cute. Um, yeah. It's, I, I, I love this movie. It was, it was really well done. There's I, a scene that, that stole my heart away. It's like, and it's the one that they showed in the first trailers for it where they go to the camp, but the mm -hmm. camp's been like baby proofed. Oh yeah. The, the vampire <laughs> camp's been baby proofed. So they have, uh, to turn into a bat, originally they show this thing where Dragon says, that's what I went up there. And it's like this really tall, old rickety thing that's super unsafe. And they says, Oh no, that's where they go now. And all these little like kid vampires are going, Dee -wee! like literally off the foot of like, yeah. off the ground, like going <laughs> to, <laughs> to like an air mattress and then they can turn into bats and, Oh, it's it's really funny. And um, CeeLo trying to do, or no, it's not CeeLo. It's, it's Keegan, it's Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Um, he, he plays the mummy, and he's trying to conjure up magic, and then it suddenly just throws like, oh, my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just 
his sandstorm is like this little pile of sand. It's it's really silly. Um, and then there's this cutaway gag with um, Steve Buscemi as the Wolfman, who is my favorite character in both of those movies, mm-hmm. where he's trying to teach tennis and he just keeps looking at the tennis balls and they keep throwing them back and forth. Um, and so like the machine keeps pushing him out, so he just keeps chasing the balls. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's silly, but it's uh, it's done by the guy who does Samurai Jack, right? Jendi uh, Tartavarsky, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he also did Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, so it has Ooh. some of that humor too. It's not all like kitty humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> here's a little spoiler. So they think to get um, his son's or his grandson's vampire teeth to come out is like, he has to be scared, and so they hire this monster for his fifth birthday where it's like the cake monster. So he's basically cookie monster. Mm-hmm. And then they make him possessed and he's like, eat all the cake you want. And oh. he like shoots cake at everybody. And it's like terrifying. <laughs> That's and, the moment where I started tearing up a little bit. Yeah. Was, because, oh gosh. Because it, yeah, I won't spoil the ending, but uh, it gets really cute. And I, I did tear up a little bit. I was like, Oh, the, Oh, and the friendship he had with the little wolf. baby. Yeah. The little wolf baby is like his best friend. And he gets made fun of because he has a wolf as a best friend and the other kids don't understand him. It's really cute. Oh, God. It's it's just – it's it's cuteness wrapped into a package that I just loved. And it's got the monsters in it, so yeah. I just love the heck out of it. Do any of the main characters ever say banana? No. All right, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> they even do that. <laughs> I've been uh, – they do the part where uh, Dennis's first words is because – in it, in the first one, Dracula goes, blah, 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 blah. And so that's his first words, but it's a cute little He's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he goes, I don't do that. <laughs> and, he like, <laughs> it's, and he tries to be all like scary. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and I always love the, there's always like zombie henchmen building things around and mm. they're like all just a bunch of sight gags. And yeah, it's a silly movie, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's really well. If you like goofy monsters. Yep. And no, James, nobody's going, no, 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 Meridoy, Meridoy. <laughs> that was, you just creeped me out right there. That was weird. Uh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. Uh, James, you went and saw The Walk. Yeah. Should people go see The Walk? Um, I'm gonna walk, gonna walk, I won't quit, I won't quit. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Some bare naked ladies I didn't, you. I didn't love The Walk. Um, Oh, I'm, a big, I'm, I'm a big fan. Too. I'm a big fan of the documentary uh, Man on Wire. People should check it out. Like I said, it's up a show. Um, Do you see it in 3D? Uh, no, we didn't see it in 3D. Th- though that's the thing. I can't believe you're this I, movie. Like I can't believe my wife's putting that stuff up. That's not going to stay up. Okay, let me take a step back. The Walk is a great movie that is so in its own way. Um, there's some things about this movie that I think are very detrimental to the way that it tells its story. Um, but all of that beside, when he gets out on the wire, it's one of the coolest things. Like, it is so thrilling. Um, visually, it's beautiful. Um, I think that there are two problems. The movie is narrated, and that narration is horrible. And I don't know that I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie. Mm. Um, and I don't mean like I don't know that I like his character. I mean, I think he might be miscast. And I love him, but I think he's miscast. Um, the end though is, is just beautiful. It, it pulls some of the same heartstrings that the documentary does, um, pulls up some, some rough things that, that you would expect that movie to sort of 
shine a light on mm-hmm. um, because this guy does something very beautiful in a place that is no longer there. Um, and it doesn't shy away from that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a hard one for me to necessarily recommend. I think if you're very interested in the idea, it is a pretty fun little movie. Uh, but it, it is so far from great. And it's, it's Bob Zemeckis. I, I still hold, even though he has disappointed me so many times, I still hold him to the standard of he should be producing great films. And this one isn't quite there for me. Um, but Zach, you, you also saw the walk with me. Do you think people should go see the walk? We're in the opposite camp. Cause I absolutely think that <laughs> people should not only go see this movie, but I'm going to go out of my way now to go see it the way it's supposed to be seen in IMAX 3d. Cool. That film is charming. I wrote in my review is it's charming as fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like it, I loved Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this film. I actually dug the narrative um part of the narrative structure of it and the narration hmm. um i dug how he was able to blend genres a little bit into this film for whether it's french new wave heist film or cute meat that is the best meat cute in a movie i've ever seen in my life that is that scene is really good and um uh and when he gets on the wire it is i don't know if you could see me but i was gasping oh yeah and it's not the biggest screen it was not the biggest screen the alamo had i think no but it's still the depth of field and the cinematography pulls it off in such a way that i'm not i'm not i'm not being i'm not pulling the whole film school thing where i'm just like oh that's totally cg i'm like no i'm immersed yeah i'm completely immersed in this experience so yes i think you should go see it and i think you should go see man on a wire as well (laughs) as a double feature (laughs) there you go Cool. Uh, here's the trailer. So, uh, Man on Wire tells, or no, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> the walk. Robert Zemeckis' The Walk it tells the story of, uh, 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 Philippe Petit, who is a uh, French. <laughs> yes, he's super French. Uh, he's played by Joseph Gordon Levitt, who, 
uh, has a French accent through the whole film. Um, and he is a wirewalker who falls in love with it. It tells a, a really neat little story of, of him sort of seeing wirewalkers for the first time as a kid and then, uh, you know, spending basically the rest of his life teaching himself how to do it. Um, yeah, and and how to juggle, and he goes into he moves to Paris after his parents basically kick him out of the house because they're like, why is our 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 son is a circus clown? Like this is bullshit. And they say it's too late. The carrots are cooked. Yes, and the carrot the carrots are cooked. So he gets kicked out of the house, and he moves to Paris, and he starts doing um like street performances, uh where he meets Annie, uh who they sort of fall in love for uh and to describe that meet cute. I can't stand romantic it's comedies so anymore. And that was the best meat cute I'd ever seen because it's all centered around, and I don't want to spoil it, but it is centered around uh, a performer's rule and a performer's space. We're, we're in the spoiler section. Okay. We can talk about um, he draws a line whenever he performs, and no one's allowed to step in that line. And when he's in the line, it's a no-talking zone. Um, kind of like when the Alamo puts the lights down. <laughs> um, so you're not supposed to step outside that line and talk. She, um, he, so he goes into a part where he can't speak because she's angry at him because she invaded her space and her performing space and stole money from him yeah. for her. So he just, she, doesn't doesn't directly steal money. He just he just steals the whole crowd away from crowd. her performance. Yeah. So she get puts on this mask and 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 forces her mimes mime forces herself yeah. into his space and when he won't come it won't won't let her in. She coaxes him out. Right. And then they start talking. Yeah. And, and, then, then, and then she starts yelling at him. And then he, they take a umbrella walk in the rain with one of those big umbrellas oh, that yeah. you're supposed to use for a cafe table. Yeah. And I'm just like, my God, like, I am loving the heck out of this. Like, I don't have a black heart after all. I know <laughs> that I have a heart somewhere. Like, and it's there in that scene right there. Philippe is a, a very very lovable character. Oh gosh, um, you he's just so charming. he's like he's got this innocence to him um where he he just he just wants to do what he he just wants to put his wire up in places and just per, perform for pe- for people and do something beautiful. There's an interesting line uh Ben Kingsley's in the film. He plays a a circus um professional who sort of helps train uh Philippe and uh there's this great scene where um, Ben Kingsley sort of talking about like what a performer does and talking about being in the circus and Philip's like, N- N- Philip gets pissed at him. He's like, no, 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 I don't do circus work. I'm an artist. And he really like, he sees, he sees what he does as performance art and not as like this, you know, um, just flashy sort of silly thing that people do. Like, it's not just circus. Like he sees a difference there. Um, like he wants to move people with the things that he does. Um, and he has this, he does this performance that gets, uh, or, or no, he does a performance that gets screwed up. And then to redeem himself, he, he draws a wire between the towers of Notre Dame and gets thrown in jail for it. And he's super pissed. He, uh, cause, cause France just thinks he's like a joke. They think he's they just think some he's asshole a punk, or a like vandal. A punk, yeah. yeah. Um, but in that same newspaper, he, he ends up seeing a, a drawing of the Twin Towers. And at that point, he gets this vision and, and or, or this dream. And I think the cool thing about this movie to me, the message that I really liked was that he gets this dream in his head and he even tells us like, once you get a dream like that in your head, 
you have to do it. Like it, it, it won't let you go and you have to chase after it and do everything you can to fulfill that dream. Um, and I think that message and, and what it's like, the way that that portrays Philippe Petit is really pretty cool. Um, and makes me respect him quite a bit. Um, I wanted to see if I could read something from what I wrote because I had the yeah. thought and I, and I know I've never done this before when, when it comes to this, but no, it's good. Um, uh, I had no real expectation for the walk other than that to find how suspenseful, uh, how the suspense was built. Not only is it suspenseful, the film is charming as fuck, 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 fuck. It was a delight to see a film that weaves in and out of genres. And then I went into it and then I said, when it nods to this stage being lost to tragedy, hmm. it does pull the Zemeckis esque nose, uh, on the nose quality of his previous work. <clears throat> but it does not insist you rub your nose in it to the point of suffocation. Agreed. He is not. What I found beautiful was the restraint on the Twin Towers mm -hmm. and how that was handled because I didn't even go to the movie. And I, when I finally realized it was about maybe about halfway through his actual walk. Yeah. Where I'm like, this stage is gone. Yeah. And it could be because of the fact that he's talking about how it feels to be exhilarated up in the air walking that fine line. Yeah. But suddenly I realized that stage is gone. And it was like, you saw me at the end. I was crying. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a heartbreaking sequence. And, and, and the very end, like I had a problem with straight out of Compton's last line. Cause at, at the end he goes aftermath. The last line in this one, which was the, the death, which is the deadline on this pass that he gets from walking the, to be able to go up to the world trade center is forever. Yeah. And it just worked. Like, yeah. it shouldn't probably work because it's like, it's, it's cheesy. It's a little on the nose, but it's so effective. But it just, it works. Like, and I think that Zemeckis is that he works. And I think that narrate, that narration had to play to that effect to kind of like, he had to compensate for the fact that people have already seen this story a little bit. So he had to add in a little bit of extra something to kind of remind us, like, look, we know we're not the documentary. But give us a chance to get show you something very fun and exhilarating. But here's here's my argument with that though is two things. One, a nobody really saw that documentary, like a lot of people did, but the majority of people didn't. And two, if you do it as a narration, what's the difference between that and the documentary? Like then you're just the same as the document, like because the documentary is has reenactment pieces to it mm -hmm. and is then all voiced over, right? So then it's just not as different. I I would have much rather have seen the scene where that guy comes to him and gives him the ticket and scratches it out and writes in forever. And that's the moment where you like, I would much rather have been given that moment mm -hmm. than have that moment telegraphed in that way. Or I, sh I should say, I would rather have been shown the moment than given that moment is and, the right way to say it. And my only argument for that is because we could go on this forever yeah. is Philippe is a is an artist and an artist is so full of himself that of course he wants to talk to himself <laughs> or to the audience. Okay, but And that and I know that's on the nose again. But it just worked. It just worked and it hit me at the right time and the right moment. Yeah. Like, you know, and I don't know what it is, but I was we were talking about films that we wouldn't normally put on our list. I've yeah. never put this on my list in a million years right. in the past 5 years of my life. Now watching that film, I'm like, oh, this is not only in the top ten; this is within the top five for me. Yeah. I had that much fun with it. 
and I I adored it. Like for me, like you know how you guys talk about when your top tens, like it's just like these are the films I enjoy. Mm. This is a film I want to see again and again and again. I loved it so much. That's great. Yeah, I'm really I'm really glad. Um, yeah, I mean, because it is it's one that because I loved the story so much, and and maybe to some degree I am jaded because I'm like oh, I I really love this story, and there are, there are things that they do incorrectly even. Um, or you know, there's there's a there's a section where they they hide under a tarp. Oh yeah, and, the, the and in this one they make it a tarp over an elevator shaft, which makes no sense to me. And I'll have to go back. I'm pretty positive that's not the way it actually happened. I watched the documentary again last night after we went. No, that's not how that happened. Right, and, and, but it's still interesting because of the whole um, his friend is afraid of sh- uh, heights. Yes, I mean that part is good. But his friend is af- the payoff for his friend being afraid of heights is when he asks his friend to go out and tighten down the the wire. Mm. that's when that payoff really is the the problem with that scene is it or at least what bugged me is i'm like this is a construction site and they covered up a 110 foot shaft with a tarp yeah i don't know how many people have fallen down that shaft going like oh i'll just walk over this tarp right here there's (laughs) got to be ground underneath it like it's just like it just seemed like an accident waiting to happen and i agree Um, that was a that was a strange that's a strange place for it to go but because one of the things so amazing about the documentary is how a documentary is able to build tension in the way that one does, because it feels like a heist film, mm-hmm. and th- that is their heist moment, right? Is this great se- section where they end up hiding under a tarp for three hours, staring through a hole and listening for the sound of a walkie-talkie, because they just have to make sure this guard goes away, mm-hmm. and to then try to artificially inflate the tension by by. Being like, oh, and they're also 110 feet in the air yeah. over and and I'm like, uh, you didn't, you didn't need to do that. Um, so there's things like that that sort of bothered me. So maybe I'm a little bit jaded. Um, but I, I, I love this story. I really wanted this to be great, and so maybe my expectations were too high. Um, but I just, I feel like he is still struggling to find because this is written by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, he's one of the two writers on there. I I feel like he's still struggling to find the way that he he used to be able to tell a story very well, and I think he's he's getting in his own way still. Yeah, um, in that's the way what that I felt about during. Flight. Was I think Flight got in its own way in certain v- visually ways? Visually, he's a cool filmmaker. He is. Oh yeah. Oh, oh and, absolutely. And, I just wanted to chime in for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that wire walk, Ryan. Oh, it's really good. It's the, so good. The knee. It's when he puts. When he when he's got the wire and he's got one foot on the wire and a knee on the or no and a foot on the pole, oh yeah, and he's that's just, the one that got where I was really like oh shit he's just dangling like, this is he's, horrible he's just, he's just like bouncing he's like whatever man this doesn't and he's just so damn die. confident um, like he yeah it's it's a beautiful beautiful sequence um, yeah it, I, mean, I mean almost maybe even worth the price of admission yeah the you only know? problem I had the bird look fake. Oh yeah, <laughs> the bird looked pretty fake. Which again, it it all goes back to, you know, I'm I'm glad that the towers looked so good because too much of the CG looked bad in a way that Zemeckis has lost his mind to some degree, and he sees this stuff and thinks that it works. I, I guess, um, and it it never has. I mean, the the fact that like uh, the production. Uh, uh, reading about the production, they were filming two stories off the off the ground, mm. and then that's when they 
insert the CG. So he's still yeah. off a considerable height. Right. And it's why the depth of field with the camera work works so well with the cinematography. Like, mm-hmm. it does need to be seen in IMAX for the full effect. I don't know if they shot it with that camera, but the way mm-hmm. that scene works, it works best in IMAX because of the way the screen surrounds you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but you can watch it either way. Like, it's still suspenseful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's good. I have a, I have a tough time with it. Um, but I, I, th- I think it's, and it's, it's good to see the Twin good. Towers in a positive light. Oh yeah. I mean, the same thing is, tr- yeah, Agreed. it's, it is, it's, uh, there's this really great moment. Um, and a thing that maybe he doesn't spend quite enough time on, um, or is even maybe a little too on the nose with is, there's a there's a line earlier that's a throwaway line where one of the guys in New York says like oh man I hate those towers they just look like you know there's it's just these big blocks right and then somebody after he does the walk stops him and basically says like man I really I I like those towers now like and 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 uh, his his is it Annie or is it the is it the insurance salesman I think it's the insurance salesman who says like you you gave those towers a bit of a, a like a spirit and a soul. Because now this thing that was this big, cold, businessy looking thing, something beautiful came out of it. Um, and, and then it's, it's, it's right before that that then they, he starts talking about, you know, he, um, about him being able to go up and, and getting this ticket to, to visit the, the observatory that, that has no end. Yeah. Um, and that's, then you're just wrecked. You're like, yeah. oh, God. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, little flick so mm-hmm. um yeah very cool yeah. uh next week on real nerds podcast we're seeing bridge of spies yeah for sure because i know brad will see that one um i also want to see crimson peak and i'm gonna try to sneak and see goosebumps might be hard but i definitely want to see crimson peak yeah man so if you what's the week after that mm-hmm. While you guys are searching, can I um, plug something really quick? Yeah, dude, fuck plug no. your heart away. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Hey, uh, Zach, fill some time while we do research on this podcast. Um, I'm working on a sh- uh, feature film called The Braden, and our Indiegogo page is going up on uh, my Facebook page and on the Facebook.com slash The Braden. You can jobs. check it out. Um, you can um, check it out and uh, help us make this feature film in Maine about a small movie theater that is about to go under. Cool. One more time. The Braden. On Kickstarter, I'm sorry? On Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, so everybody needs to get out there and, and fork over some cash, help them out. Yeah. That'll be cool. I need food. How much, <laughs> how much are you guys trying to raise? Um, we're going for a 40 grand budget right now. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. Good. So um, it's, um, and we have um, got a nice crew of people, and we're filming at this actual movie theater um, in the middle of Presque Isle, Maine. And it's, uh, I've seen the photographs and I'm about to go out to location scout for it in a Maine's couple of weeks. Beautiful. It, oh my gosh. Like the photographs that I've seen, I just cannot wait to step foot off the plane. My, my friend Brandon went to the University of New England. It's in Biddeford, Maine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that Maine's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's where I want to go to heaven. It's like being on, in New England without having to deal with assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my, I'm sure the director of the film would agree. And it, it will. And we'll keep you updated on everything cool. that's going on. Oh, I do yeah. remember a post about that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so Steve Jobs will be yeah, the week after that. Steve Jobs. Well, if you don't see Crimson Peak, then I'll see it with you the next okay. week. And cool. we'll, we'll double feature that and Steve Jobs. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. 
Zach, great having you back, buddy. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, James. It was great to be back. Back in the Mile High City. Back in the Mile High. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah. See you next week. Bye. 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 James, you won't be here, you fucking liar. I know. I won't be here. (laughs) I missed this. The next show will start in eight minutes. Hey! They're ready, folks. For refreshment that is great. If it's early or it's late, it's it's Orange Crush. Crush. Orange Crush, the drink that's extra good. Fresh fruit flavor. That's for me. It tastes better. Naturally. Orange Crush, Orange Crush, get some right away. Visit our refreshment stand right away for delicious Orange Crush and all kinds of good things to eat. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.